Usually I'd just be wearing like some shitty t-shirt. Yeah. Oh good, start recording on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look vaguely respectable here, you know, I've got a hoodie, I've got a shirt. It's furry, furry pyjama bottoms. Like, <laughs> this camera's not going to be venturing below waist level for many excellent reasons, but that particularly among them. Yeah, so the video is for basically for proctoring purposes. It is unlikely to ever see the light of day. Right. <laughs> How much preparation have you done for the specialist stuff? Because I, I've done nothing, and I just I don't know if I'm out of whack here. Um, sort of nothing. I had like ad- accidental prep that's for good. one of them, basically, but effectively nothing. Okay, that's good. I filled out the form so long ago that I've actually forgotten <laughs> what my specialist subjects were, but I think they were too broad to practically prepare for. So. So I I. I filled them out, I gave, um, I put, put a couple down, I put three down, and I've only just realised in the last week or so, maybe two weeks, that I've put two down, and one that you wrote a fucking wiki quiz on. So you wrote, so you I, put a roguelikes I put in? roguelikes. Alright, well that's fine. I said, uh, well I said um, video games, and I thought, you know what, I could go, I could go with roguelikes, <laughs> I could go a bit deeper, I can go a bit deeper, two minutes after, oh Joey's, oh fuck it's Joey. Well, if it makes you feel better, I haven't actually played one this year, so like, I don't know, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I don't know that anyone. Well, I certainly am not doing this for like out of a Kudos. desire for fierce competition or like. Oh, <laughs> uh, I am. I'm playing for third, and if I do anything different, that will be fucking fantastic. It depends what you guys have picked. I need to stop swearing, don't I, Jesus? Yeah, I need to try and not swear as well. Yeah, guys, just out of curiosity, what's the big novelty check behind you all about? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. We won a competition and got a big novelty check. I mean, we also got the money equivalent to the value of that check. But I can't actually see anything of it except a quiz and dollars at the moment. I it's like $20,000. Yeah, it's for $20,000. Nice. Huh. It's bigger than Geek Bowl. Uh. Also, of course, it actually was paid to us, unlike the money from Geek Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got that. Spice. Uh, spice. There, there are many more flaws with that institution that I can talk about when I'm not being recorded. <laughs> All right. But yeah, as I was saying, you know, yeah, generally the approach is, yeah, not to care so much about winning as just, you know, having fun, showing off knowledge and talking about things you're passionate about. Oh, good. I hope you, I hope you service questions that we know about then. Oh, we'll see. Okay. Welcome to episode five of season two of Recreational Thinking with Yoga Shroud. Our guests today are Ronnie Jackson, Joey Goldman, and Andrew Fisher. Remember that order. It's arbitrary, but it'll be consistent throughout the game. So going in that order now, starting with Ronnie, you each say where you're Skyping from and approximately one sentence about yourself. Hi, I'm Ronnie. I'm Skyping from London in England. I will be reading for the role of Claudius in Hamlet tonight. Does that work? Is that good? Yeah, right. Your video's frozen again, but I don't know if it's really worth... No, I'll I'll, I'll do it. I won't be stupid. Hi, I'm Ronnie. I'm calling from London, England. I've been quizzing for about two and a half, three years, and I'm very worried about making sure I don't swear on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, that that part doesn't matter. I mean, just the video, because obviously that part's just audio, so it doesn't matter if your video's here. Yeah, yeah, audio's fine. It's just your video, so... Yeah, I mean, if we're all okay with Ronnie being frozen in that position, <laughs> I think we're okay. It's mildly distracting, it's fine. Hang on, wait, here we go. Let me, okay. just, let me put, my, put my icon on. Uh, yeah, maybe, yeah. If, if we're all okay with trusting him, you can just turn his camera off. Too. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Either way. Okay. At least that, that way we have an excuse if we lose. All right, uh, Joey? Hi, I'm Jay Goldman. I'm also Skyping in from London. And I guess to quote my Twitter bio, I like books and also some other things. <laughs> and uh, Andrew? Hi, I'm Andrew Fisher. I'm Skyping in from Sheffield, England, and I like climbing and some other things. 
Right. And it's not an all London game then. Kind of defeat the purpose of having him introduce himself when they're all in the same place. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, this game's in four rounds, one individual and three specialists. The first round, which we'll be doing now, I call the three hours round. It allows me to reduce, reuse, and recycle prior material. These questions serve as a warm-up in scare quotes in that they're not particularly easy. Many of them are very hard. And I specifically chose uh, US-centric ones for this <laughs> audience, so they'll be even harder. Cool. But, you know, sometimes being thrown in at the deep end is the best kind of warm-up. So uh, these uh, will also be worth a tenth of a point as tiebreakers if necessary. For this round only, you'll enter as individuals. First person the question is directed at misses, it'll go to the second, then the third up to first two miss. So the further back you are, the less of a direct shot you have, but the more time you have to think and some potential answers to get taken off the table. We'll rotate to each of you guys to be first position three times, second position three times, third position three times. And then the rules will change at the end of this round, which I will explain at that time. And then here's just a standard reminder. The content of the podcast is you talking through your thinking process, so don't internalize thinking, don't Keep things to yourself. Feel free to share any interesting connections or thoughts that you have, but you don't need to talk just for the sake of talking. And we will start now with Ronnie in first position on question one. Here's the question. In 1972, a man named John E. Fryer donned what was essentially a repurposed Halloween costume, a distorted mask, baggy clothing, and a voice-distorting microphone in order to address the annual meeting of what group? Despite its circus-like trappings, Fryer's quite serious speech is now considered a major turning point in social history. I'll put a question in the chat as well so you can read it. That's that's good because there's a lot of information there and uh, Johnny Fryer, John, Johnny Fryer mask, major social rights thing. I'm so glad I'm going first. I was I'm very, very prepared for questions of this magnitude. Um, what what year did you say it was? 1972, I believe. Yeah, 1972. So 72. If I've got my American history right, which I definitely haven't, 72 feels like it's, it's later than civil. the main thrust of the civil rights movements are probably not that. And it makes me think maybe it's getting closer to gay rights, queer hearing movement, but I'm not really sure what, I'm not really sure where he'd be speaking in front of if that was the case. I honestly can't think of any gay organizations, and that's genuinely pretty bad for me. You, um, well, hearing the background noise, Say it again. Sorry, I, I can hear it a little bit. I don't know if it's from Ronnie, but it, it might be from me. I hope not. But I don't know. I thought it might have been Joey moving around. But, uh, uh, yeah, sorry. I'm trying to find a comfy position. It might have been that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no problem. Yeah, so my thought is that it's, it's getting closer to gay rights and something around that. But then again, I, as I say, I don't know who they'd be speaking in front of. Was that maybe the time of... Was that maybe when Harvey Milk was in power and popular? So maybe... Something like the California State Assembly, if that's even a thing. My knowledge of American politics is pretty shoddy, as is my knowledge of most things, for that matter. I'd say maybe something... Uh, he, he addressed people at um, say the San Francisco Town Hall. Uh, San Francisco Town Hall gathering. All right. Good guess. I may come back to some of your comments after the question has made the round, but for now I'll just pass it to Joey. So uh, my first thought when the first half of the question read was that this was going to be Max Headroom's infamous TV prank, but uh, very clearly it is not that. And having no than what Ronnie had, but at least being able to name a relevant organization, I'll go with the Matakeen Society. All right. Again, good guess. That's not correct. Andrew? Yeah, I could tell that me and Joey were thinking the exact same thing during the first half of this question on camera. I was thinking, that's got to be Max Headroom. Oh, wait, no, this is not going to be Max Headroom. I think that might be slightly later anyway. Um, I honestly have no idea. It's going to be something American. Johnny Fry is a very American sounding name, so I assume it's going to be something American anyway. I'll go with the NRA with no great confidence at all. <laughs> 
All right. So, so Ronnie was absolutely on the right track. This was absolutely a turning, major turning point in the gay rights movement. Johnny Fryer was a psychiatrist, and he spoke in basically in support of homosexuality being removed from the oh, DSM. Oh, oh yeah. Oh uh, man. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, oh man, if Emma Lazard's gonna fucking kill me for this, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've he... lost all credentials. <laughs> So his address was to the American Psychiatric Association, or APA. Uh, mm. Next one starts with Joey in first position. The climax of the 2019 Jordan Peele-directed horror film, Us, is underscored by an orchestral reworking of the melody of what popular song that was a top 10 US and UK hit in 1995. An examination of this song's lyrics reveals that its subject matter is cannabis, and not, as I initially assumed, the joy of doing well on Only Connect. Well, unfortunately, I have not seen us, so I'm going to have to be working this out from the pop music quiz. So, hmm, what? Well, what's okay? So, drive oh, doing well in connect. So, what do you get? There's five five pointers putting it all together. You know, you'd think I could put this, should be able to work this out, having experienced that joy. But uh... I'll be fair to yourself. You've more than experienced <laughs> that joy. Don't don't sell yourself short here. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, hmm. it's kind of a song about smoking weed. 1995, US and UK. Well, jeez, I can't even think of anything. Five points. Um, oh, what's that? Uh, let's go with. Uh, oh no, that surely wasn't. I've I've got nothing. Regulate says regulate by uh, Warren G. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Decent guess. Uh, but... <laughs> Correct. Andrew. Right. I'm pretty lost on this. I can only assume that. So related to only connect, first thing I thought was connecting walls. So something called the wall. I mean, Pink Floyd's song called the wall was definitely not 1995, and I'm pretty sure it isn't about weed. So that seems unlikely. Maybe there might be another song actually released in 1995 called the wall or the wall. So I'll just say that and lock that in. All right, good guess, Ronnie. Okay, this comes pretty much exclusively from my partner, who's a big horror film fan, a big Jordan Peele fan. So I saw Get Out with her, and I saw Us with her a couple of times, and after that, as is wont, looked it up on Wikipedia for all of the juicy quiz facts. Probably wouldn't have remembered this without the only Connect clue, but I'm fairly sure the song is called I I I Got Five From, or I Got Five On That, I Got Five On It. What, which one are you logging in? Oh god! Oh god! It's going to be the wrong one, whichever one I say. Uh, oh, this is this is actual torture. Why would you make me give me a fifty-fifty this early on? <laughs> All right, you know, oh. I'm going to be lenient here since none of the other two oh, were anywhere okay. close, and you're the only one who <laughs> has any idea. I will be, and I, I won't make you specify the exact wording. It's called "I got five on it." Thank God for that. Okay. By who? By Lunis. Oh. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. No, this is <laughs> beyond me. Cool. No. It's used. It's used a bunch of times, and then they do a weird version of it right at the end. I think, mm. if I'm remembering the. Uh, yeah, I've not seen. I've seen Get Out. I've not seen Us. So. Oh, Us is Us is good. Us is good. If I shill it enough times, Jordan Peele will notice and um, you know send me tickets. <laughs> All right. So okay. So since I'll, I'll count that as a correct answer, they don't have to worry about a shutout. So I'll. This next question had two versions: one easier and one hard. And I'll stick with the hard one since. Oh God. <laughs> Jesus. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Could have given Joey the hard one. <laughs> All right. Drew now in first position on this. Tales of the Black Freighter, the story within a story in the seminal graphic novel Watchmen, was clearly inspired by references to a black freighter in Mark Blitzstein's translation of the lyrics 
to which song from a noted 20th century work of musical theater? Oh, I think. Mark Blitzstein's translation of the lyrics to which song? So 20th century musical theater. Uh, okay, so 20th century musical theater and a vaguely German sounding name and the translation of lyrics makes me think it might be Brecht and Viles, the, um, not vaguely, the, the three-penny opera. I really haven't got anything better. Anything else that's vaguely kind of German in terms of musical theatre, like cabaret or whatever, I'm pretty sure was just in English, was on Christmas, wasn't it? Um, oh, which song? So if it's a song, the only the only famous song I know from Threepenny Opera is called, well, the rework is called Mac the Knife. I think the original one's called The Ballad of Mackie Messer. So I'm going to lock that in. The Ballad of Mackie Messer? Very good guess, but not correct. Pastorani? <sighs> Well, when you started talking about Tales of the Black Freighter, I thought, fantastic, a watchman question. And then mm. it, it went it went off the cliff after that. So um, I'm getting the feeling this is what it's going to be like throughout the entire evening. When you said sort of 20th century musical theatre, I was one, the first thing that came to mind was Fiddler on the Roof as a uh, sort of possibly, possibly at some point not in English. Maybe there's Yiddish songs in it. I can safely say that I've never watched or listened to it because I'm a bad fan of theatre. But then I hit the problem of not really knowing any songs from it either. So I, I've, I've just been talking for 30 seconds without actually contributing anything. Um, I mean, Tale of, Tale of the Black, Black Freight, it could mean absolutely anything. Maybe it's from Madame of Butterfly, who knows? To hell with it. Let's say something. Let's say something from. Oh no, you want a specific song as well? I can't even. Well, it's definitely not Lachaim, but that's literally the only thing I can think of. So Lachaim. All right. Uh, not quite as good a guess there as ever. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought I was dead on with that. Damn. I'll pass it to Joey. Well, I can only sort of think of two. Well, immediately I can only think of yeah, three aquatic or water or uh, boaty musical theatre from the 20th century. One and two are British, so I don't think it's going to be there. And then I don't think there's a black freighter. In, well, it'd be odd to describe. I don't know if you could call Umbrellas of Cherbourg actually musical theatre or musical film. So I don't think it's really a freighter sort of thing. So I've, basically what I'm saying is I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Blind guess? Uh, the... Mm, HMS Nah, I've... <laughs> It's a piece of music. Oh, um, the, the Sleep by the Sleepy Lagoon. <laughs> so I, yeah, I feel kind of bad because I did stick the harder version of the question. The easier version of the question, Andrew would have had exactly right because he did figure out it was Three Penny Opera. Nice. Um, and I'm, I'm surprised neither of you built on that insight. Because, I know yeah. no songs from that. So. <laughs> I, I only know the Ballad of Maki, Maki Bessa, whatever it's called. So I was... Right. So this, I mean, probably the second most famous song. It's actually the, the last track. I think it's Nina Simone's version is the final track on the soundtrack of the 2009 Watchmen film. But it's maybe a little easier to guess than it would be otherwise because it's the same name as one of the most famous characters in the Three Penny Opera, the one who you might associate with sailing, Pirate Jenny. Jenny. Uh, it's okay. Right. I've heard of Jenny. Oh, well, I'm glad. I'm going to give myself a moral 0.1 no point there, to be honest. You the fact I got the right point, point, musical five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were closer than either of us. I think that deserves a point here. <laughs> For getting something that was vaguely German and also almost yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, you definitely showed off knowledge, which is the important thing. <laughs> All right. It's all so... <laughs> okay, this question will start with Ronnie and, again, you know, kind of get you used to writing style, which sometimes will be more about lateral knowledge than direct knowledge. Not always, but sometimes. So here's the question. If you were to argue that a certain acolyte of Harry Truman was the first White House chief of staff, 
I might counter argue that his position was actually dubbed assistant to the president, and the term chief of staff was first applied to his successor in that post, Sherman Adams, during the Eisenhower administration. However, before I counter-argued against you, I would make sure to construe your argument in its strongest possible form. So name that advisor to Truman who I'm talking about. Well, okay, there must be some uh, pick-up on lateral knowledge if I just spend enough time smashing my head against the brick wall here. Assistant to the, uh, the... The problem is I'm coming at this from an English perspective. When I hear assistant to the anything, I immediately think of Gareth from the office. The assistant president becoming assistant to the president, which I can't imagine is in any way useful here. If it turns out it is, then I'll just be very disappointed I've handed it to the others. That's definitely a fun association. It's a fun association. You're not. It's, it's not going to be right, is it? I know you said this is a very American set of questions to warm us up, but geez, I'm I'm feeling personally attacked, which is fun because the other two are here as well. So I just. I don't even know where to start with this one. I can't rightly say I knew any acolytes of Harry Truman, or why you'd be countering my argument in the strongest possible terms. Was Joseph McCarthy in that era? Would it make sense for him to be chief of staff? Am I just going to keep talking in questions until somebody corrects me? Apparently so. But I can see Andrew looking very pained, so I'm just going to keep going and so he suffers more. Um, I honestly, I genuinely don't have a clue. I don't even know where to start picking this apart, I'm afraid. It's going to be a great question, but not one I have any knowledge of, so I will officially pass. All right. Joey? Well, I know that the American equivalent in the office of Gareth, who's the assistant to the assistant to, is Dwight Schrute, but I don't know if that helps me with this question. The route I was trying to take is that the, all the talk of counter-arguing and construing argument in the strongest possible form suggests a, thing, a subject which I ought to know more about, but which I generally don't spend that much time thinking about, which is Latin names of logical principles and principles of argument. And so when I think of attempting to construe someone's argument in its strongest form, nothing Latin comes to mind. Than principle of generosity or principle of charity. If I think of Truman and charity, that doesn't help me too much. For some reason, I keep thinking of ad for to your eye, which sounds kind of like Abe Fortas, who I don't think is the answer to this question. Uh, <laughs> but for want of anything else to say, I'll say Abe Fortas. All right. I mean, yeah, at least you tried. Abe <laughs> <laughs> oh, Damn it with faint praise there. Ouch. Oh. Yeah, I love the little slide there because it's good stuff. Uh, <laughs> And now for me to top this. But, uh, <laughs> Next uh, up, Yogesh, um, we're going to be quizzing you on chances of the Exchequer, 1900 <laughs> at present. I would bet on Yogesh knowing yeah, that he's true, in those. Anyway, right, I was thinking sort of along the same lines of Joey, but I don't actually, I just don't know enough, but I can't think enough of relevant um, kind of logical fallacies other than, like, you know, straw man and stuff. It's not going to be ad hominem or anything like that. It feels like that's where it's going. I feel, my first thought was, like, I can't remember what this act was, but there was definitely something called the Taft Something Act or the Something Taft Act in, like, 1949, I think, which made me think, oh, maybe it'd be something to do with that Taft, which is obviously different to the previous Taft. So that I honestly don't know. Um, let's go with someone called John Strawman. <laughs> so... You're about to laugh very hard in a few seconds because his name was, in fact, John Steelman. Oh! <laughs> oh. Ah, yes, oh, that makes no. sense. The opposite oh. of the straw man. Oh, my God. I've hit the post twice. The second one I was joking, but I can't believe it. <laughs> my heart uh... goes out to you. 
I'm sure I have a note written down somewhere of who the alleged first chief of staff is as well, but I've not got around to studying that. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna call that immediately after. Uh, that was more of a yeah lateral. Can you laterally uh, <laughs> think your way in? Correct knowledge one. Yeah, certainly. That's a good one. <laughs> but but is a hell of a name as well. That is one to remember. All right. This next one will start with I think we're on Joey now in first position. So UNC, University of North Carolina's Keenan Memorial Stadium in Chapel Hill, was built with funds from William Keenan Jr. and dedicated to his parents. However, in 2018, that dedication was removed, and the stadium was officially renamed for Keenan Jr. I say renamed in scare quotes because it didn't actually involve renaming it. But it was renamed for Keenan Jr. after journalist Craig Calcaterra drew attention to the fact that William Keenan Sr. commanded a machine gun that mowed down scores of innocent black people during an 1898 white supremacist uprising in which North Carolina city. This event, the largest scale armed coup d'etat in U.S. history, saw white supremacists force the resignation of this city's municipal government at gunpoint and replace them with men hostile to civil rights. Well, I'm afraid that I do just know this outright. Um, <laughs> my, uh, I have some American cousins who live in uh, live nearby Chapel Hill, and we went on a trip to the city, went surfing for a few days. I, I believe it is Wilmington, North Carolina, seaside town. I believe nearby there, there's that Star Island or something resort where like Al Gore and some people have houses. And I think that this is the first ever race riot. And the term race riot was coined by the instigator, who I want to say was called Alfred Waddell Jr., but I'm not confident I got the name right. But I'm going to go with Wilmington. No need to apologize for knowing things. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is one place where you don't have to feel bad about knowing things. Well, I apologize that I'm not working it out, but instead just uh, <laughs> knowing the fact. <laughs> That's okay. This one was more of, yeah, direct knowledge-based one. And yes, your answer is correct, Wilmington. All right. So now Joey and Ronnie each have one-tenth of a point. I have two-tenths moral points, <laughs> but you know, so <laughs> Two-hundredths of a point. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. High-scoring game, gotcha. <laughs> we'll start with Andrew in first position on this. Happiest Season, the 2020 Christmas-themed queer rom-com starring Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis and featuring Alison Brie, Aubrey Plaza, and many other people who I was obsessed with in 2010 in supporting roles, was directed and co-written by What Woman, who two decades ago co-starred in the groundbreaking for its time, lesbian romantic comedy But I'm a Cheerleader. Oh, I've definitely heard this. I should know this. I thought this was going to go along the Dave Franco route because Alison Brie is married to Dave Franco. And he, although I think he his first director, I think his directorial debut was maybe last year. I can't remember the name of that film now. Oh, that's where I thought it was going. I've definitely heard this. What is this going to be? Co-starred in Groundbreaking for some lesbian comedy, but I'm a cheerleader. Oh, kind of drawn a blank. The only cheerleading film I know is Bring It On and that, you know, Kirsten Dunst, etc., don't think Kirsten Dunst in this, but I can't think of anything better. I might have to guess this. So the fact that it's obviously a queer, it's a queer rom-com and it was um, starred in a romantic comedy. Someone, someone in the LGBT community. I'm really, I'm really strong. I'm going to say Kirsten Dunst. I know it's wrong. All right. Isn't yes though. Uh, Ronnie? It's to me. Yes. Thank God for that. This is, this is where my queer content comes in. Yeah, that happiest season, uh, the, the, the trailers came out and half my Facebook timeline just exploded with glee at it. I was so happy. Because I think, if I remember correctly, uh, but I cheerleaders all director's cut, effectively. Um, Maybe not director's cut. I think it's it's one of two, because I know it's Natasha Leon and Claire Duvall are the two main characters. What's the protagonist? That's the word. 
I think it's I think it's Claire Duvall who who's directing Happiest Season, if I remember right. I'm pretty sure Natasha Leon, Natasha Leon, the ones who've done the Russian Doll and that. So I'm gonna say yeah, I'll say Claire Duvall, lock in, be sensible about it, and not talk myself out of it. Because yeah, if you had gone to the other one, you would have basically given Joey the answer. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, Claire Duvall is correct. I, I will learn to stop talking so much about my answers once I've chosen the answer, I swear. <laughs> Narrator, he absolutely would not. Yeah, you're frozen again, but like I said, it doesn't really matter that much. Um, Sorry, folks. Okay. I don't know what it is. My internet's normally better than this, of course. Um, you, sound, you sound very clear, so I'm not quite sure why. But... That's really... I don't know, maybe it's my camera. It's just being a dick. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, now we'll get to the last cycle of these, so three more. Yeah, one with each of you in first position, so... Ronnie in first position on this one. Okay. The, the landmark 1972 court case, Moritz v. Commissioner. It's not as fun as Batman v. Commissioner, which we discussed in a previous episode. <laughs> but, uh, the landmark 1972 court case, Moritz v. Commissioner, which was the subject of a 2018 Hollywood drama film, saw the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeal strike down a portion of the federal tax code for being discriminatory against which protected class? Protected well, class specific meaning under the... Whichever amendment it is, uh, equal protection. Yeah, I mean, I see. I, I know a lot of stuff about who are protected classes, but I, I, I mean, I'm going to MetaQuiz and say it's probably not anything to do with. It's probably not homosexuality or non-heterosexual people because we've just had like two out of the last six questions have been queer content, but that that doesn't really then leave me a lot. Moritz versus Commissioner is not something I've ever really heard of in my fairly non-extensive looking up Supreme Court cases. What year did you say it was? 1972. Again. That's like, 70, yeah. 72. Maybe it is gay rights again, and I'm just uh, getting all the gay questions, which would be absolutely fantastic for me. Um, who else constitutes a protected class in 1972? Well, like, I said, like I said before, if it's it, it's a little post the civil rights movement, so I'm not thinking... I don't think it's African-Americans, but then... God, maybe it's um, Latin Americans. Maybe it's still another racial thing. Moritz... I mean, Moritz, it doesn't really give me anything in terms of the name, although we did get something off the name in the last one. U.S. tax code as well. With no better ins in it that I can think of. Actually, what what year did you say this movie was when it was made? Did you give me anything else about it? 2018 movie, scripted drama. Although it's based on a historical event, it was a scripted film. In 2018, but there's nothing with really... No, I, I mean, I'll say Latin Americans with no great confidence on the same sort of lines as I've just said. All right, decent guess, but not correct. Joey? Yeah, so I have no idea what the movie is, and I've never heard of this case. I guess it's not even a Supreme Court case, is it? So I'm basically trying to work out from the name. It's not the most helpful name, it's just a German name coming up against the commissioner, but I, I don't know. I'll go with, uh, well, the sort of things that deal with, I always you always hear about, like, I'm not, I'm not certain of what sort of groups qualify for protected classes, but I feel like I always hear you always hear about like uh, you know, science, Church of Scientology and related organizations dealing with tax things. So I mean, I'll go well, but I don't think the Church Science. Well, I'll go with sort of religious groups broadly, maybe like I don't know, I don't know <laughs> synagogue organization of America. Please, I don't know what group of that. If this is right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's um, not really. Yeah, not really in the the right uh, family responses. So I won't probe yeah. for any further specifics. <laughs> I, I feel like this might be something to do with marriage in some way, but I can't think what it's going to be. Something like it's either going to be divorcees or it's going to be widows or something. But then I'm trying to think if this might be bigamy or polygamy based on what Joey said. Maybe it'll be something to do with like. So I think 
God, I hope we don't get this wrong. I think Mormons are the ones that they ha- can have multiple wives. So it might be something to do with that. I feel like it's going to be one of those three. I don't have anything more, and I don't know why I think this. I, I'm, inevitably, I'm going to be wrong. Um, I'm going to go for polygonists. <laughs> as, as you've demonstrated, you seem to do have that talent for narrowing in on, narrow, doing better than the others at narrowing in on the correct answer. <laughs> and then picking a terrible answer. <laughs> They're exactly opposite of the right way on it. Yeah, so oh. the, the 2018 film was called On the Basis of Sex. It was a biography. Oh, man. <laughs> Ginsburg, and it dramatized her first big gender-related case. What people who haven't seen it may not realize is that her client was, in fact, an unmarried man. And it was actually struck down on the basis of being discriminatory against men. Oh, right. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So you're getting the unfortunate goalposts out of the way early. I mean, they're still to come for me, so... All right. Still two more of these questions before we get to your specialist one. So, Joey, in first... (laughs) Which singer was recently nominated for the 2021 Grammy Award for Best New Artist, despite releasing her debut single back in 2010? That debut song was a duet with Frankie Jonas on the theme from the English-language dub of Hayao Miyazaki's Ponyo. (laughs) So I was definitely scrolling this list recently, and I definitely saw some names on the best new artist list where i was like i'm pretty sure this person has been around for a decade the question is can i work out who that is maybe oh is it um this is my my first thought especially now because i think she's part japanese so that might be a link in with the miyazaki's ponyo this is it because she had the album this year or recently jene aoki with the album chilombo so maybe yeah on the basis that i'm pretty sure she's been around for a while and she may have worked on ponyo partly due to having Japanese heritage. I go, Jene Aoki? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on what the, the last name is, but again, because it's you're not thinking of the right person, so I won't. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> right. Andrew. My first thought for... The only name I can definitely remember is on this list, or I think is on this list, is Dua Lipa. But I thought her first song was probably around 2016 or something like that. She can't... I don't, I don't think she can be old enough to have had a song... Uh, could she have had a song 10 years ago? Ponyo's about a kid. Well, not really a kid, but it's all about kids. Could there be something there? <sighs> and basically, I can't think of any... I, like Joey, I definitely looked at this list when I came on, and I can't remember anyone except Julia, so I'm going to say Julia. All right. Um, I mean, it's a decent guess, considering, you know, what you were working with, but not correct. <laughs> Ronnie? Okay, I also have been through the list quite recently, mostly to work out who Phoebe Bridges was. Rather embarrassingly, until very recently, I thought that was just a nickname people were using for Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Mm. That was that. If if I if I'd left that around, I would absolutely have got that wrong in a quiz and uh, made myself look more of an idiot than I have just admitting to it here. So yeah, I I know Phoebe Bridges. Phoebe Bridges is in there, but again, I don't think she's been around long enough. Noah Cyrus is, but I don't think I don't think they're old enough. Megan the Stallion. Um. I know Doja Cat is, but I don't think Doja Cat makes any sense given what we've heard about the question. the The only person that I know is on the is a, I know is on the list, and I don't know enough to say no about them is D Smoke. So let's say D Smoke. I don't know anything else about D Smoke, but let's give it a try. Uh, yeah, good good knowledge there. But yeah, when Ponyo came out, I think yeah around 2010, and well, the American version Disney wanted to replace the voices with you know, their own stars. But since they were, the main characters were very small children, they picked Frankie Jonas, who is the younger sibling of their other stars. 
and then they pick someone else who was also the younger sibling of one of their big stars. You uh, you said her name just a few seconds ago. Noah Cyrus. Noah Cyrus. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh wow. Okay. God, this clanking goalpost. This this feels really good to smash. I would. I would have been good of this Phoebe Bridges because I absolutely love Phoebe Bridges. Her album, like, <laughs> it's my favorite album of the year, Punisher. <laughs> so I'm glad it wasn't that. Yeah. The big question: Who is actually going to win new artists? Because like all of the ones I've mentioned sound like pretty reasonable, pretty reasonable awards. I can't call it. I'd probably go with Dua Lipa, but it's, I think she was a nominee. I hope I'm just not no, wrong. No, about no, it, Dua Lipa, no, no way Dua Lipa was on there. Yeah, I don't I think Dua Lipa was probably, might have been last year. Yeah. Uh, was it? Uh, yeah. No, like, <laughs> Future Nostalgia is definitely on album and all that, but no, I don't think she's on. I think she might be on Best Artist, but. Yeah, there was, uh, there was definitely someone that really surprised me on that list, and I thought it was Dua Lipa, but I uh, guess not. Oh, well, I'll check yeah, the list. Later. All right. <laughs> Uh, we'll finish off this round with Andrew in first position. And the, yeah, this is just a kind of the token, really difficult question. I don't expect Great, anyone. Great, I'm not Awesome. I'll be extremely impressed if someone does. So, uh, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm impressed at how much all of you are keeping up with the Grammys, considering it's an, an American award. So. <laughs> yeah, just trash uh, American awards. Well. All right, Andrew. In an odd coincidence, actress Lisa Jane Persky has guest starred in two completely unrelated episodes of television, a 1986 episode of The Twilight Zone and a 1994 episode of Quantum Leap, that see a man travel back in time to July 3rd, 1954, and take the place of a certain famous figure during which event that occurred in Memphis two days later. Ooh. Okay, that's interesting. So, the fact that you preface this by saying it's really hard... Oh, Lisa Jane Persky, Memphis two days later. I'm just trying to think what was going on around 54. So Rosa Parks was obviously not in Memphis anyway, and that was in 1955. But I feel like I've heard something before that she wasn't actually the first person to do um, do a similar thing. There might have been someone the year before. If that's the case, I have no idea what the name of that person is. Uh, oh, it's the man anyway. See, a man travel back in time to take the place of a certain famous figure during which events. Uh, so where's... Where's Lisa Jane Persky coming to this? Um, maybe it's something to do with Elvis. I have no idea what, but um, I'm just going to go with something to do with Elvis. I honestly don't have anything better, which is pretty lame, but oh well. There we go. I locked uh, that in. I mean, you're, it, so the question I've asked for which event, so. <laughs> something to do with Elvis. It can't come a little bit broad. <laughs> yeah. You want to make that any more specific? Let's say Elvis playing the tonight show all right good guess not correct here ronnie yeah when i saw memphis in that time period it made me think of elvis as well but like 54 feels like it's quite early on for him so my my guess was going to be that was possibly the first time elvis has left the building was used but as i say that i don't think that was in memphis and that feels like it would have been later in his career i don't really listen to much elvis or care about elvis that much no offense but um, maybe uh, I don't know. Did it take place? Take place during what event? Like if it's in if it's in the Twilight Zone, if it's in Quantum Leap, like was it? A, did somebody shoot it? Maybe maybe somebody like tried to kill him. Like maybe it, it was like, Quantum Leap. You were sent back because Elvis is gonna die if you don't uh, do this, and you need to make sure history pans out that way. Something something along those lines. Let's yeah. Let's say that that's the theme of both of them is that Elvis would have died without. A person intervening on both of those occasions or in both those episodes. I mean, that's not well. At least I think in in well, that does that, that may relate to the actual plot of the episode. But the question was about which historical event he was uh, replaced during. So 
it, yeah, it doesn't quite uh, fit as an answer. I'm honestly surprised I got that close. <laughs> All right, uh, Joey? Um, well, now I'm, well, I don't know. I'm just going to go with the Memphis sanitation strike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Bold guess. Led by Elvis, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was kind of expecting that for the first guess, but once I narrowed it down, fifty-four was a very very early. Uh, it was basically unknown at, at that point. But yeah, he he was recording with Sam Phillips in some studios. If you if you go there, actually, they have a I've, I've toured the studio before. They have a little X on the floor, which they claim is exactly where Elvis stood during the the million dollar quartet, so called million dollar quartet recording session. So I. I expected that to be the really attractive wrong answer, but that happened a little later. This July 5th, 1954 was actually when he cut his first single, what's called the That's All Right Session. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, it makes sense. As... <laughs> okay. I, 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 think, I, I think I heard a million dollars. I've known the Million Dollar Quartet. I just thought that was like later and in a different city. So, I mean, wrong on both counts, clearly. Or wrong on one count, vice on the other. Accidentally right, there we go. Yeah, I think uh, there we go. was a Broadway musical Million Dollar Quartet that actually lost the best musical Tony to a musical that was called Memphis. So, <laughs> an easy way to remember where it took place. Yeah, that, oh, that's definitely yeah. going to turn up. All right. Um, well, he hasn't the league, I think. All right, so we end that round. I believe it's Ronnie 0. 0.1, Joey 0. Nice. 0. 0.1, Drew 0.0. 0.1. <laughs> so now we'll continue to... Can, we, can we have a... I guess you could add this. How can I go get my... Satan nuggets from downstairs. So <laughs> 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 much job. Give me one minute. Okay. Oh no, Cyrus, damn you! I'm gonna go look up that list. <laughs> what the best new artist? Yeah. No, Cyrus. I just. Uh, I can safely say the only reason I knew there was another Cyrus was because it was referenced in a fucking SNL sketch. Oh God, there's like four Cyruses. Jesus. Yeah, I had no idea. Uh, never. Not my. Not your thing. Are, are you not a wrecking ball man? Uh, uh, well, no, I mean, it's fine. I just had no idea about those siblings. Okay, yes, it was yeah. the person who I thought, who I was very surprised to see on my list was Kay Tronada, because I'm pretty sure that they have been, like, 99.9% is at least five years old or whatever. So I was very surprised that they were on that list, but I do not really know. And, like, I don't know, I had friends who were listening to Kay Tronada five years old you know, then, so perplexed that they were on this list, but okay. I'm going to look up D Smoke just to see how terrible an answer that actually was. They sound like a very young rapper. Is the... uh, well, well, no, they're, they're not that young. They're 35. No, because 35 years old and critically male. And they released an album called Producer of the Year in 2006. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is a bold decision. Yeah. As, uh, it's interesting upcoming... to be nominated for Best Artist of the Year several 15 years mm. after uh, you, your... After winning, uh, yes, uh, producer, yeah. The gr- Grammys, Grammys are going to be Grammys. <laughs> was it? I, I can't remember. Was it Esperanza? Esperanza Sporting was that her name? I vaguely yeah, remember. <laughs> I know she was. She was a massive surprise, and I think she won it in the year that she released something like her sixth album. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I remember it was such. When I read about this, this was such a surprise and such. Such a shock that they immediately changed the rules for best new artist, <laughs> which is, I suppose, a feather in your cap in a in a twisted sort of way. The the thing I expect to see coming up from this year's Grammys would be the uh, well, the only what's the only genre or category that Kanye was nominated in? Oh God, Kanye was nominated. Yeah, God. I think it's like contemporary Christian music. 
Oh yeah. What God. this year? Yeah. Yeah. Because so the album's like Jesus is love, right? So. I yeah. think it's, is it just called like Jesus? It's it's I think it's got a one word title. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know, but yeah. it's something along those lines, right? I mean, it's it's that the question is going to revolve around things like that, and also the weekend just having the mother of all tantrums. Uh, I missed this. They followed. Yeah, I mean, I scrolled the list when it came out, and that's the, that's the, the, the weekend. <laughs> the weekend. The weekend obviously had after hours, but um, it didn't get nominated for anything. Blinding Lights didn't get nominated, and he went on Twitter attacking the Grammys, uh. and Drake backed him up by saying the Grammys were corrupt and needed to be replaced. It's like <laughs> this is. This is a old political meltdown. I mean, this this is this is solid 0. 0.7 on on the Trump meltdown scale. I'm I'm very impressed by it. All right, I'm going to start now with the round one. The previous one I called round zero, so this is round one. The not all that hard round. No, it's not. Like, some people have pointed out it might set expectations to suggest that it'll be easy. So it's not the easy round. It's the not all that hard round. But it's intended to be the easiest on a relative uh, scale. <laughs> this is this is very uh this is very good at relieving all the pressure and tension i'm feeling i've got to say well, oh gosh. you know it's hard then you don't have to worry about missing things <laughs> <laughs> all right so this round all successive rounds each of you will get three specialist questions related to your categories standard caveat not intended to be a fair comprehensive test of your knowledge of them questions may relate directly or obliquely to them give everyone their toes i won't reveal the categories up front not until they become evident so before you can answer, your two fellow contestants will get to work together to try and steal the points from you. You only get a chance to answer for points if your opponent miss. If I pass it over to you, telling if you're, you, uh, if your opponent's got it right, just assume that they were wrong, otherwise you won't get any points anyway. In some cases, if you're stolen from, there may be a bonus question worth half as many points as a steal. Those are, they don't accompany every question, they're kind of unevenly and quasi-randomly sprinkled in. And they will relate to the question. They won't always fit into the same category or be at the same level of difficulty. So these questions, they'll start out not all that hard. They'll be worth two points as a steal, one point as a specialist. And now, and for the rest of the game, the points will go to both stealers, even if only one knew the answer. So everyone's ready. We'll start with Joey and Andrew to steal from Ronnie. Yay. <laughs> Much of the popularity of professional wrestling in the UK is attributed to Kent Walton provided commentary on ITV between 1955 and 1988 and was a frequent presence on what ITV program that aired on Saturdays opposite the BBC's grandstand. Ooh. I will say I actually don't have any clue how difficult this is for British people. It seems like the kind of thing that wouldn't be all that hard for them. I feel yeah. like for for people who like follow music slash were alive in the 80s, then this might not be that difficult, unfortunately. Probably their sport, rather. Um, God. I mean, what? I don't know. Any, I mean, what even is the? I don't even know what grandstand is. I don't really know. Really? Like the BBC Standard Sport uh, Saturday Sports yeah, Show. Yeah, it's. I, I, I have such strong memories of it because it always seemed to be playing every time I went to my grandfather's. So hearing that theme will always take me back to being about eight years old. It's, it's quite. It's quite powerful. Okay. Yeah. This is, there's some primo content for the uh, Americans yeah. who are listening. Um, <laughs> uh, this is the BritCon. Oh, I, I feel like we all have heard of this, but I, I honestly don't know. So I do like a general ITV sports program on Saturday mornings. That's yeah, not... Saturday, Saturday afternoon, early afternoons, yeah. Um, it might have a generic name. Oh, I'm drawing a blank, unfortunately. I can't think of anything. 
Yeah, I mean, all I can think of is Soccer AM, but I don't even know. I can't remember what channel that is. I did once almost shoot yes, with an arrow, but that's not really. Oh, good. that's nice. <laughs> that's good. Um, let's go with Football Focus, in case there was an ITV predecessor yeah. called Football Focus. How about that, Joey? I'm happy. Or well, Ski Saturday. That's for yes. sure, right? <laughs> that, is, that is indeed a show. <laughs> I think that's what right, it is. The, yeah, the massive yeah, British burst in uh, skiing as a as a pastime. Yeah. So which one uh, are you watching? Uh, oh, football focus. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, Ronnie. As much as I would love it to be Ski Saturday, Kent Walton was. I mean, Kent Walton is, uh, for anybody who was alive at the time, the voice of professional wrestling in Britain. He was, I think it was a good 30 years or so he commentated, and he's still absolutely a legend for it. He was the commentator on World of Sport. World of Sport was the, yeah, World of Sport wrestling is absolutely iconic in Britain, and it's still referenced to this day. They did try bringing it back a couple of years ago to no massive success because it it was amazing at the time. It, it was also kind of a product of its time. That, that's not to say that there was you know, racism, sexism allowed or anything. It was, uh, it was just a very, a, ve- a, very, a very nice show for the time. We had Kendo Nagasaki and Big Daddy, Giant Haystacks, the, the, real, the real titans, when we ignore how pasty and overweight they were. <laughs> good, good reminiscence. And yeah, that's a, a pretty fraudable title there, although he uses the Britishism of calling it sport, rather. In America, we would say sports, plural. But, uh, yes, World of Sport is the correct answer. But on the other hand, Unfortunately, that is actually quite well known as well. Like, people <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds famous, yeah. yeah. I just know I nothing about British TV, let alone before my life. Not that yeah. I've time. <laughs> that is my just... definite weakness in quiz. I knew wrestling was going to come up as a as this, and I knew me and Joey would be screwed for these. So yeah, looking forward this is to fine. You, you guys are very capable of stealing points from me and the other two I pick. So I need some points off the other, off the third one of my own specialisms. All I know about wrestling is from the like 2005 SmackDown versus Raw Nintendo game. So that's a good game, though. To be fair, it's a good, good, good touchstone. Ryan and Andrew now to steal from Joey. Uh, Currently, the fifth largest company in the world by revenue per 2019 figures, what corporation in 2009 paid a settlement of over $15 million to the family of Ken Sarawiwa without officially admitting culpability in the death of him and the rest of the Ogoni 9? Hang on, let's go to the chat. Ken Sarawiwa. Hmm, 2009, maybe. So what what was the big big oil spill? Um, Uh, do you mean you, you don't mean Deepwater Horizon? Oh, that was 2010, wasn't it? Anyway. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. thinking. 2009 was that? Uh, when was um, the nuclear power plant explosion? That was 2011, Fukushima. Ah, damn. Um, um, I don't know what the Agony name is. I don't know who Ken yeah, Sarawira is. I mean, they 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 sound Japanese, um, which is not yeah. said, I'd like to say in any other context. Really, I'm pretty sure they will be. So, all right. So, I mean. <laughs> God, I'm trying to think, what, what could this be related to? Joey's definitely going to have picked highbrow topics. Definitely. You imagine. Okay, 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 hang on. Who's the fifth, high, the fifth highest revenue company has got to be something to, to ram up against? Like, <laughs> would it have been Apple in there for any reason? Mm-hmm. Currently, the, it's currently the... Well, the, Apple's the first trillion dollar value company, wasn't it? So I find it hard to leave their lowest fifth. They might be second. You're going to have Amazon, Google, Apple, probably. I can't think what even come for them there. Maybe, maybe some, you get, you're definitely going to have the tech ones up there, but something like that. Sony, Sony or something doesn't feel big enough, does it? I, would have, I, I was thinking more like uh, you know, Saudi Aramco. 
Yeah, so like, like a, oil or, or, um, what's the or Gazprom or something like that? But I can't see what that, would Gazprom. Yeah, I can't so, see what, unless it was on scaling or something like that. I can't see what that would have to do with it. It's something like I. I wonder if that's maybe there was Gazprom were doing something on. The, the the east coast of Russia that Im, that Im, impacted on Japan and caused the may, maybe it what maybe it was you know a tanker was sunk or something like that and they paid out without accepting culpability it was them. We can go with whatever you want. I just don't really know, unfortunately. Okay. Maybe this is Ski Saturday after all. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, mean, I mean, we are clutching at these straws pretty hard, but maybe Gazprom. Like let's, let's say Gazprom. Okay, yeah, let's go with that. We'll lock in Gazprom. Gazprom. Pass it to Joey. So I can see why you would think Kensarawila and the Agoni 9 might be Japanese, but oh. I'm pretty sure that they're actually Nigerian. Oh dear. Uh, and this is Kensarawila, <laughs> author of Soza Boy, who I want to say was in prison during the reign in Nigeria of Sunny Abachi. And you, yet again, Andrew, I think you hit the post at the start there, because I'm fairly certain this is a large oil company. And I spent the time trying to work out which large oil company it was. And But I don't think it is VP, and I want to say that it's Shell, although I do not remember exactly what it was that Shell and Ken Sarawina had against each other. So I'll, I will lock in Shell. Um, I mean, I guess I'll, I guess that's good. It's, it's called Royal Dutch Shell. But yeah, at least in the UK, it's definitely yeah, yeah. just known as Shell. But. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah. He, he was, he and, and eight other, I guess, tribal officials or chiefs were accused on what is generally considered to be trumped up charges of some crime and put to death and i mean it's never i guess been officially proven that royal dutch shell was kind of uh, through working through the abachi government you know to make that happen but um it's certainly not implausible <laughs> <laughs> for legal reasons we cannot confirm or deny this Yes, exactly but i mean in their defense i'm sure they they really wanted that oil <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right, Joey and uh, Ronnie, uh, Cecile from. Um... <laughs> okay, Yogesh. <laughs> A 2018 magazine article by Aaron Berger titled "Everything Ever Said About Redacted's Hands" opens by detailing a 2011 60 Minutes interview in which Lara Logan fondled a certain individual's hands. It then rounds up excerpts from various publications, including Men's Journal, which says the palms are normal enough. But the fingers that stretch out from them are anything but. Each one is sausage-sized and swollen as if attacked by a swarm of bees. <laughs> Vulture, who said it feels more like gorilla than man. A random Redditor, who wrote, Dat connective tissue dough. <laughs> and this person's hometown, Sacktown Magazine, which it quotes at length, saying, His mother calls them monstrously huge hands. Universally, it's agreed that they are massive and preternaturally strong, the kind usually dubbed mitts or hams. The fingers are the size of ballpark franks swollen on a hot grill. They're thick and round all the way to the nails. It's difficult to conceive of them comfortably gripping a pen, and who knows what mayhem they wreak on text. You would not want to come wrestle this guy. So the question is, of course, whose hands are stirring up all this excitement? Well, uh, the description of non-notable palms and thick sausage-like fingers certainly puts one in the realm of rock climbing. Based on uh, Andrew's <laughs> introduction and nothing, yeah. nothing else, I think it might be. Yeah, definitely nothing else you know. <laughs> uh, it, it's one million percent yeah, I mean, so um, let's go with what American rock climber do we think it's going to be? We could, it's probably going to be Alex Honnold, but it could so be 
my my list of American rock climbers is a blank piece of paper. So well, Alex Honnold is the famous one who would be famous enough to be commented on by a random redditor rather than a redditor in the climbing subreddit, and also <laughs> by those things. Much as we would like it to be the delightful Daniel Woods or Jimmy Webb. Uh, <laughs> those are also names that I have <laughs> not heard of. But yeah, uh, I think this is going to be... Well, I mean, the thing is, the only thing that makes me pause, the thing is not Alex Honnold, is that he's not notably strong. Okay. <laughs> I, as far as Joey, my go, but I think... I can't, Joey, I can't, I can't contribute anything texty. I can do the thing of being a psychologist in quiz yeah. and don't talk yourself out of the... No, that was feels a joking Thank God for that. Let's say, <laughs> yeah. what, let's say whatever Joey Alex, said. Yeah. Alex Honnold to lock in. Yeah, so this is the not all that hard ground. So this is saying your intuition on my uh, oh thank God! I knew I knew Joe was going to get this as soon as he started saying the title. <laughs> basically, <laughs> oh dear. Hold have on. we picked have we picked specialist subjects that Joey is accidentally you, you so really good on? I I, I I knew that Joey climbs, but I couldn't think of anything. Better. <laughs> oh, I mean, you've both chosen a. Oh, I think you've both chosen a subject. I've written a wiki quiz on. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. The other, think, ooh, oh. Interesting. Uh, may may uh, overlap with Andrews possibly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, no. Andrew's expertise. Um, uh, but all right, I'll give you a bonus, Andrew. So, uh, Alex Honnold penned a 2014 New York Times op-ed opposing which appropriately named sponsor's decision to sever ties with him and four <laughs> other climbers due to the riskiness of their pastime. Yeah, I remember this. This is a cliff bar. Like they're quite, they're quite certainly in the UK climbing scene and the American climbing scene. They're quite well known. I think you can buy them in like decathlon and stuff. I think like non-climbers know as well. I'm pretty sure it's cliff bar. So I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, they're I think on sale in many places where you can buy bars. <laughs> the bar shop. All right, Joey and Andrew now to steal from Ronnie. I seldom think that I can improve on the wonderfully scripted dialogue of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but in a recent heist episode in which Doug, Judy, and Jake Peralta's ploy involved passing Jake off as, quote, the most popular male performer of a certain type on Twitch, I couldn't help but try and add a topper and the 695th or similarly large number most popular overall. My attempt at humor is based on the fact that in reality, nearly all of the most prominent performers in this category are female. What kind of performance am I talking about? Now, I do watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I don't think I've seen this particular one. I think I'm only up to season five, maybe? I've seen three episodes. But also, I think, but like, so it it suggests that it's not video games, right? It's definitely (laughs) not. Despite being on Twitch. So it's going to be something. I think my first instinct on hearing this question was mukbang. Was what? Which mukbang, which is like uh, when people stream themselves eating. Oh. You know, much like you're doing with your nuggets right now for this call. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you promise you wouldn't tell. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, but like, because what, I mean, what other, because it's, it's like, it, it, it's not going to be, the answer is not just streamer, surely. No, uh, I was. was Twitch. <sighs> so. Yeah, I, mm, I'm just trying to think what would, like, is it going to be a usual a usual one on Twitch. Like, the first thing I thought, like, it might be in something like, like pole fitness, that kind of thing. But I don't think Twitch streaming for that is necessarily a thing. It probably isn't. I think that Twitch suddenly has moved on to, like, uh, you can do, like, social streaming and, like, the guidelines have been loosened about what, probably. But, like, I don't know, yes, Performer suddenly suggests that it's something that's, like, are it, uh, entertainment orientated rather than, like, educational or something. Yeah. Performer of... I don't know, but performer of some type. What kind of performance? My, I don't know. My hunch remains mukbang. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. Do you think it is mostly? Is it mostly women? Do you think? Well, because like I, I, the reason I say that is the uh, the the core <laughs> of it is just seeing someone do something 
and uh, yeah. based on the sort of people that people on the internet prefer to watch doing things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm I'm happy I'm happy to go with that. I'm not sure they were specifically mentioned uh, men- mentioned yeah, that by name. That is a good point. <laughs> That is what? that is what's giving me. That, that would be well. deep cuts, though. That would be deep cuts. Um, uh, I don't know. I just yeah. I, just... I like I like I like Paul for this but I like this also seems dumb. So I don't know. This seems difficult. It doesn't. That doesn't seem likely. Well, that was good with yours. Also, like, what is Jake like doing? I don't know anything about Jake as a character. Um, like... I don't think they would, they would pick. They would probably for this kind of joke. They would probably just pick. They wouldn't necessarily pick something he was interested yeah. in. They just pick something he would. Oh yeah, because it's yes, because it's uh, his points. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm happy with either of these. I don't have. I feel like we're a million miles off either way, aren't we? <laughs> let's go with mukbang because it's a. Yeah, one. let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> you, you, can lock that in. you can lock that in. So you get of it. <laughs> I, I did think that was definitely on my my list of plausible guesses, but uh, in this case, it's not the correct one. It's Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, well, shockingly, it is actually pole fit. It, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be cool. Um, Doug, has, Doug has put Jake in a lot of great situations. I think my favourite is describing him repeatedly as uh, Mangy Carl Mangerson, who was a, an ex-homeless prostitute got off the streets after butt implants went septic. Um, but in this case, I, I can't... I think... I'm trying to remember exactly what it is. Yeah, he, he, it is a streaming thing. I think it's ASMR. I think he's the most popular, the most popular ASMR because yeah, most most ASMR that I've seen has been women. But when it when it's focused on when it's focused on voices and faces, it has been women. Again, my partner subscribes to a bunch of Patreons, so this is I'll just put her on next time. Okay, she could do all the trivia, and I'll just chime in occasionally. But yeah, ASMR is the answer I'm giving, and that is the correct answer. That's yeah. a much better answer. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I like that makes a lot fitness. Sense. I like Paul yeah. Fitness better. Yeah, and I'm making you explain what it stands for. Oh, no, it's, it's <laughs> like auto... Oh, I think God, I, I used to know this. I think it's it's something sensory medial response. No, it's auto... Is it auto sensory meridian response? Uh, autonomous. Or not, autonomous, right. Autonomous. Hang on. Collectively, we can remember all of it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's autonomous sensory meridian response. But... Why do I think medial then? Okay. Okay. All right. Drawing an Andrew now. Yeah. To steal from Joey. I actually originally wrote this question for Andrew, and then I moved it to Joey's. Um... <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. all you, Fisher. Yeah. A foundational controversy in early 20th century mathematics pitted L.E.J. Broward's intuitionism against David Hilbert's formalism. This debate is undoubtedly way too complicated for me to understand, but according to Wikipedia's attempt to simplify it, a key point of disagreement was that Brouwer argued that which of Aristotle's three fundamental laws of thought should not be employed in mathematical reasoning. I'll accept either like the name of it or a description. Oh, I thought for a minute you were going to suggest that Joey was going to pick maths, which I didn't think Joey would do, but philosophy makes much more sense. Unfortunately, I'm not so hot on philosophy um yeah, classic. No. um fundamental so in terms of mathematical reasoning so you've got inductive reasoning you've got deductive reasoning some sort of third one which i should definitely know and don't I, uh, adductive reasoning that might be a thing i should know if that's a thing let's go with yeah um so indu- it could be inductive so laws of not laws uh, proof by 
induction, you can definitely make arguments for why that shouldn't necessarily, maybe from a philosophical point of view, why that shouldn't necessarily be valid. Deductive doesn't sound like it makes as much sense. On the same tack of the proofs, proof by contradiction, would that have any basis in Aristotelian philosophy? Um, possibly, but no. I don't. I don't think that would be a fundamental law of thought. I'm not. I'm not even sure inductive. Re- I'm not even sure these things will be laws of thought. I'm probably just trending on the wrong track. But this is, inductive reasoning is the only like reasonable guess I can think of. I don't know what your thoughts are. Well, my thoughts are I don't really know much about maths at this level or philosophy at this level. So again, I, I'm kind of enjoying life on your coattails with this question. It's very comfortable here. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh. Right. Let's go for in, induction or inductive reasoning. We'll lock that in. Right, Joey. So I think you guys hit the post again. Oh, come uh, on. <laughs> but you you were uh, you were remained a step away from the answer. So I'm pretty sure that Brover Brower Brower Brover, however it's said, I'm pretty sure it's Dutch, so Brover. But what I think pretty sure that he argued that maths should be built without proof by contradiction, and for proof, but the know. law that Aristotle had that relates to that is I'm pretty sure the law of the excluded middle. Because proof by contradiction rests on that. Yeah. Because law of the excluded middle is if something is either true or false, there's nothing in the middle. So if it's not yeah. false, it's true. So yeah, Bravo rested on that. And so I think the answer is law of the excluded middle, or the thing I asked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, whatever way you chose to express it, that is correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. We, we got yeah. close. We got close again. It'll come together. <laughs> But it will come together for us, or you, yeah. or me, or both of us. Yeah, abductive reasoning is more what social psychologists do, which, you know, when I tell people I spent my whole morning doing abduction, it makes it sound like I've been exercising. <laughs> that's like inference to best explanation or something, right? Yes, right. I mean, Not that's really. what Sherlock Holmes is really doing when he describes deduction. Yeah, yeah it's definitely not deduction. <laughs> I mean, within the hermetically sealed environment created in those stories, it's the only possible explanation. But in reality, it would be the uh, most likely. Joey and Ronnie now to steal from Andrew. So, in the unaired pilot for Black Books, Manny's surname is not Bianco, but rather what? In real life, many holders of this name changed it to Carpenter when they emigrated to the U.S. However, the most famous American holder of this surname altered it to something else entirely. All right. Yeah, did you say changed it to Carpenter? Yeah, Carpenter. Okay. Again, this, this um, feels like something I've definitely heard. Well, okay. So, I mean, I have watched all of Black Books, but I have not watched the un- <laughs> <laughs> But I have not watched the unaired pilot. So uh, <laughs> I don't know this one. Colin. Okay, okay, but so uh, this this should be. Who I, mean, would, who I don't I don't know. Who we're working it out from. Trying to remember changing. what it's got a little book. Oh, but it, it's so it's it's changing to carpenter when they when they like to, when they go through Ellis Island. Yeah, so it's some like Eastern European name that sounds like that. Well, so it's like, I wouldn't even carpenter. say Eastern European. I was thinking German because yeah, like Eastern European for definite, but German like yeah. French French names made over German names often didn't. But it might also be something that sounds like a pun, because what Bianco is obviously the opposite of black. So it's Bernard Yeah, black. okay. So I wonder if there's something that simultaneously means white and also sounds like carpenter. Well, I mean, black. if we're talking puns, black forest. Black forest turning into carpenter. What's the German for? Black I don't know why I've, is... I'm not sure why I've zoned in on German like this, actually. Oh, it's, uh, just, oh, it's a common uh, to integrate the US. Well, what's black in various languages? Schwarz in German, right? Or white, Schwarz... white in various languages, rather. I can't remember um, what white is. Sort of vice, right? Uh, vice, yeah, vice uh, Blanc, Bella, I think in yeah, Hungary. Uh, uh, d- 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 what sounds like? I can't, ugh, annoying. 
change it to cop or what is maybe ferrera because i think oh no ferrera is like smith isn't it rather than carpenter in in what language as well portuguese like portuguese smith but, but so you wouldn't go because bianca, bianca is like a yeah I mean, it sounds that was gonna well, it's not muller it's not muller because that's muller is miller isn't it in german yeah, well probably uh, i don't know it makes sense a bit <laughs> let me see the text of the question again this... hang on the most famous american holder of this surname changed it to something else entirely uh, forgot to think about that yeah the <laughs> most famous american holder of what what is Fred Astaire's real last name? That's Austerlitz. Austerlitz, yeah. It's probably a come carpenter. Manny Austerlitz. It's a pretty good name. It would be a, uh, would be a great name. Um, German, uh, Germanic people who came to... I mean, that just... Where she just paste click, that just sounds awful. I don't know. Um, plus, I, I don't it. think... It's <laughs> um, this is going to be... This feels like it's going to be so bloody obvious. Obvious over here, yeah. Yeah, and, and just like... I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's actually Goldman, and it, this is just a horrible twist yeah. of a question. I don't think uh, he's a character. Maybe it's also maybe it's also no. Why would it be black and carpet? Uh, I'm going mad here. Should we just pick something that we say? Because I don't think we're working. I don't think we're working it out. <laughs> I, I, will t I will tie myself up in knots thinking. I mean, it's, we can say forever. Actually, forever. Yeah, I'm, ha I'm happy to take a stab. Yeah. All right, Ferreira, lock in on that. Lock in Ferreira? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Andrew? I'm not in the wise either. I can't believe Joey has watched all Blackbirds. I really annoyed <laughs> me. Top two of my categories are just completely screwed. Um, <laughs> I mean, I like not get work as um, I haven't seen it for like a decade, so. Oh, okay, I've seen it more recently. <laughs> That's good. I've seen it several times. Um, I'm really drawn on like I've also obviously not seen the Onay Pi. I'm not sure. I don't think there's any recording available of it as far as I'm aware. There's probably just details on like Wikipedia. Um, all I can think was Schwarz for basically kind of same reason you're going for, but that obviously doesn't make sense. And uh, I just don't really have a hold on this. Like it's going to be really annoyed when Yogesh says the answer because it's going to be some. It's going to be really obvious in hindsight. I'm just going to have to go with Schwarz just to not waste time and lock that in. Uh, if we yeah. curse you out, we don't hate you, Yogesh. We hate the question. <laughs> You've gone five for five up until now, though. So uh, it was, you know, I guess you're you know, due for a minute. But um, yeah, I mean, you, you went to you all went to German right away, which was the right instinct. Okay. Maybe because I mean, in the actual show, one of the characters is a surname Katzenjammer. So yeah. It clearly, yeah, there's some enjoyment of long Germanic last names there. But uh, the one in this case, which roughly is equivalent to carpenter in German. And there might be multiple German words that mean carpenter, but one of them is Zimmermann. Oh! oh. Yeah, I've heard that before. Okay. Right. Damn, okay. That's poor. Does anyone know, anyone know where Dylan took Dylan from, then? Probably Dylan Thomas. I think it was uh, Dylan yeah. Thomas. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Famously wrote under Milkwood, so it's just nothing but wood all the way down. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to shorten this next question because of you, you've all revealed a bit of overlap and expertise. So I don't want to make this too easy. So I'll, I'll give the short version of it. Matis Yahoo is 2000. Oh, Joey and Andrew to steal from Ronnie. Matis Yahoo. Matis Yahoo's 2014 album, Akeda, takes its title from the Hebrew term for what story found in the 22nd chapter of Genesis? Okay. It's, oh, okay. It's the, oh, yeah. it's the Binding of Isaac. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this also came up in a quiz you were in very recently, Joey. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, 
Twenty-two Genesis. Yeah. That's that's the right group. Arcada is that's uh, the word for sacrifice. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is also Hebrew. Some Hebrew. I see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, this I know because the Arabic is similar, actually. And you, see, uh, you hear you see a lot of uh, trucks for uh, uh, Iqbal during like Eid uh, season. A bunch of uh, like lamb carcasses. Yeah, in Bethnal Green Road. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the Binding of Isaac, which notably is an Edmund McMillan created roguelike. Yeah, I, I mean, Joey, I can't imagine how you could have got that off the information in the roguelike questions. You <laughs> participated. Well, the I uh, bloody vote. I figured you wrote those. Oh, oh yeah. so bad. Yeah, uh, good on Matis out here. Yeah, him just the other day. Yeah, I, I there was a second sentence about the the game which I deleted and I figured that. Yeah. Out of curiosity. But um, uh, yeah, I think it, it all sounds like yeah. Uh, we'll lock in the binding oh, of Isaac. It's, it's yeah. really a yeah, yeah. No, I figured. But um, oh, actually, yeah. Before that, I did I did have a a bonus for Ronnie. Uh, I'll have to actually look look. I I've forgotten what the correct answer is. We'll so have to look it up when he offers it. But um. Okay. The question I have written is, what is the subtitle of the card game based on The Binding of Isaac, funded by a 2018 Kickstarter campaign? Uh, okay. I didn't play the card game, but I've seen it all over the place. I I, I think I I I know offhand, I just, I don't think there's anything, I think it's just called Four Souls. I don't think there's anything else to it. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just Four Souls. Did you lock that in? Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's riffing off uh, there was a Legend of Zelda game called Four Swords, which is a four player co op thing. I think it's taken the name riffing on that at least. So I'll lock in four souls. Alright, yeah, according to my Googling just now to refresh my memory, that is correct. Okay. Hmm. I remember all the hype around that, but I would not have remembered the name of the game. Bonnie uh, <laughs> and Andrew to steal from Joey. The title of October Eve, a classic 1964 episode of The Dick Van Dyke Show, makes an illusion lost on most modern-day viewers. Specifically, October Eve is a takeoff on the title of what nude painting by Paul Emile Chabas that provoked a massive scandal when first exhibited in the early 1910s, but by the 1970s was retired and placed in storage by the Met because it was, in the words of one commentator, too tame and banal. <laughs> Well, that seems a little harsh. Um, okay, October. Well, I hope neither of you are fans of the Dick Van Dyke show. Love it. Every Christmas. Um, take a new painting. Uh, oh, isn't your stuff like relatively decent at all? But this has passed me by. I don't think I know this. Um, I don't so I take off. Us. So October Eve would be the third. How many days are in September? Uh, uh, it's thirty. 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 Yeah. Um. um was it uh, i don't know was there a um i feel like if it's going to be a takeoff of that it'll be something like it'll be a month in there as well like this is going to be a like yeah. a like a like a just like a december eve or a, a something something like that well maybe the eve is referring to as in adam and that seems more and since it's going to yeah. be a nude that's seeing that's that, that, that kind of like... so maybe like a maybe it's like an october <sighs> they, I don't feel like they'd have done a male nude, so would that? Oh, I don't know. Male nudes seem a lot less common than female nudes in classic. No, art. they're a, they're a thing, but I'm not sure. I would I would imagine that Eve here is referring to um well, yeah, like nude, but I I just can't think where the October part of this is going. I just I mean it may well just be the, it, it, 
it may well just be that the show was set in the episode was set in october and maybe it's like the the painting was painted another time which if so great but then we've still got to boil it down to a one in eleven shot of getting it right which doesn't seem like great odds i don't could say christmas eve in case this just happens to be a a pun in that way i don't i don't see anything in the I don't see anything in the text that lends itself towards lateral thinking or, or hints like the way LL does. Well, so that was, I, I, that's definitely something you guys should do, but I just don't see anything. Uh, yeah. I, I pick your favourite month and then lock that in the uh, <laughs> when, when When's your birthday? When's you, hey. well, hang on. Yogesh, when's your birthday? You might have just put some It's in February. On. Okay, should we go February Eve? Why not? We might. Well, the thing is, we might get some points for uh, playing to the host. <laughs> I'm willing to take a shot. All right, let's go with that. Uh, let's lock in February Eve. I should have remembered to build into the game discretionary points. I can just award to people. Who <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's still time. There's still time. Uh, right, uh, Joey. Uh, I'm afraid I have no idea either. Uh, <laughs> I don't know anything about this painter, Paul Emil Shavasana. I don't know this controversy. But October Eve makes me think Halloween more than it makes me think of anything else. So I will just go with like Walpurgisnacht as the name <laughs> for a painting. <laughs> uh, that's kind of the, the, uh, again, the opposite of the time of day to shoot for. And <sighs> like, I did studiously avoid making the, the wordplay that almost all Americans will have pop into their head right now. But um, I'll just say that the painting was called September Morn, as in oh, okay. morning. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, never heard of that. I'm glad Joey has never heard of this. He yeah, makes it a lot better. Right? <laughs> it wasn't just some absolute gimme. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, any, yeah. I feel like a more more conventional art might have just been like too easy for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. No, I'd rather learn stuff than just answer questions. Yeah. Every day's a school day. All right. And the last question of this round before the questions go up in difficulty. Joey Joey and Ronnie to steal from Andrew. Uh, And again, this is one where anything that sort of, um, you know, includes the key thing I'm looking for will be accepted. One of Georg Cantor's many innovations in set theory was his diagonal argument, which demonstrates the existence of sets that are uncountable. In other words, there's no one-to-one correspondence between their members and the set of natural numbers, or any subset of the set of natural numbers. His elegant argument is one of the few high-level mathematical proofs that can be explained in terms understandable to the average layperson. So, explain it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, I, well, this is something that, like, 12-year-old Joey would have done a much better job of than 20 six-year-old joey um okay, well, 32 year old ronnie is waiting for 12 year old joey to give him a I'm hand just, i'm just trying to remember how it works so basically you line up wait okay between them so it involves lining up these sets of numbers and then trying to draw a line you can always like put something in between such that you can't draw a line between it anymore and that's what the diagonal is but like that's clearly not good enough for a point but it's <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> All right. Welcome to Recreational Thinking presents the basics of set theory. Oh, this is a bit beyond the basics, I think, but well, foundations are other than basics. Yeah. Um, fuck. I mean, I'm, I'm just not going to be honest with you. But basically, I mean, you, you, for something to be countable, you have to be able to assign like a natural number to all of it. But then I think the idea is between any two of the uncountable things, you can put another one that has to like be an arrow down to the same natural number as something before, and so you run out of 
you can, there's always something else you can add before you get to the next natural number. No, I don't know. I don't think that's right, but that's my big attempt. It's, it's not completely wrong, but I don't think you've quite hit the, the key part of what makes it a proof. Right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Right. Uh, <laughs> let's, so, um, uh, let's lock it in nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'll pass, it, so I'll pass it to Andrew. Oh, God. It's been eight <laughs> years since <laughs> I constructed Cantor's di- diagonal argument. I'm really regretting picking a subject I haven't studied formally in five years. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I wonder what I wonder what the hardest round is going to be. <laughs> Prove fear, that's last theory. Uh, yes or no? Yeah. This is like yeah, this is like fit. It, I can't remember if I did this in first year or second year of uni, but it's not you know it's not like super yeah, it's not super difficult. And yeah, Joey's definitely on the right lines. I honestly can't offer any more. This is really bad. Um. <laughs> Yeah, what? <laughs> I really can't offer anymore. This is terrible. <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to. I'm just gonna have to pass and not try and waffle. I'm not gonna. Just, it'll be more embarrassing if I just waffle some absolute nonsense <laughs> mathematical babble. So let's just move on. <laughs> so the, key, the key part, right, is again, yeah, you have if you set up something that has you know something corresponding to each natural number, even if it's an infinite list. If you can show that there is something that's not counted among that list, then you can show that it's not a one-to-one correspondence with the natural numbers. You just need to find any number that is not on that list. And the way to prove that, that there exists a number that's not on that list is, as you guys were kind of saying, if you draw a diagonal down it, you'll capture the first digit of the first first element, the second digit of the second element, the third digit of the third element. And of course, if you change each of these, even for an infinite number, you'll have proven that you've produce something that's not equivalent to anything on the list. Yeah. It's all coming back. <laughs> yep, those, those are words. <laughs> Alright, valiant effort there. And <laughs> we oh, end, I believe we're on that round. I'll go back and recheck scores, but it looks like 5.2 Ronnie, 6.1 Joey, 3.0 Andrew. And Ooh. now point values will go up to 4 for a steal, 3 for a specialist, 2 for a bonus. So those initial differences get wiped out very easily in the future rounds. So it's still anyone's game. Yeah. Can I spot for the loo before we continue? Is there anything okay, like a five minute break? Oh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna uh, pop get some water. Give me one sec. And some more nuggets. More importantly. Yeah, uh, I have no idea why my camera's freezing here. It's 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 never has this problem on Zoom. So it may be because I'm I don't have Skype downloaded. I'm going through the site rather than the app. So who knows? <laughs> it's alright. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I'm the one. I'm sweating so much when you guys are the ones who are <laughs> questions. But yeah, my um. Oh my! Uh, my heart rate is about 180, so that's pretty normal. I mean, each one—it's like when you've, you've you've scripted a play and then you actually go to see it premiere in front of an audience, and you're because <laughs> there's still so many things that could go wrong. You know, I could, and and it happened yesterday actually. For the first, thankfully, it was only the first time it happened. I I noticed partway through the question that there was factual error in it and had to do a quick uh, reboot, rejam. Yeah. Oh. Which is annoying because I, you know, these questions I've had written like a week ago and I've been rereading them over, and then I just caught it literally at, like right after I'd asked the question, but before they'd given an answer. So I was actually like, kind of. I guess I guess when you be doing it that much, you kind of get blight, um, uh, text blindness or some such over it. it. It makes sense that you just stop thinking about it in as much um, in in a critical sense because you've had it done for so long. Right. I'm just I'm just I'm just so. <laughs> Joe, I, I think in the 
the quiz omnium that all things quiz are doing and uh you know he submitted he put roguelikes in i wrote roguelike questions one of them was about isaac one of them included the bloody genesis 22 and it's just oh damnation the second the second you said that i i i, I sounded excited forgetting that they were going to get the chance to take it out from under me so god i really hope the other ones are more difficult but yeah, not I, so difficult that i can't get them that's how it works yeah i um i, I had no idea about that quiz you're talking about ah uh, it's a complete coincidence but it's more my own fault i forgot joey had done the roguelike stuff in the past yeah i had to rewrite one of yesterday's questions too which was about the herb uh, rosemary and i had originally was going to include the bit about it being derived from the latin to do of the sea and then, uh, <laughs> and then it turned up in ll yes yeah and i had to rewrite that question all right so again only somewhat hard round for a steal three for a specialist two for a bonus Joey and Andrew will begin with to steal from Ronnie. The Orphic tradition in ancient Greece held that Dionysus was born twice, with his first appearance coming as a son of Zeus and Persephone, subjected to Sparagmos by the Titans. The Titans were then burned to ashes by one of Zeus's thunderbolts, and humans were born from those ashes, which is why we all contain both a sinful body, derived from the Titans, and a divine spark, derived from that early version of Dionysus. What in Orphic tradition was the name of Dionysus's initial incarnation? Uh, this sounds I like something you will know. <laughs> yeah. Is well, it Kratos? No, it's Zagreus. It turned Zagreus. up in the. I wrote that question the... for Joey! Oh! Zagreus is the protagonist of noted roguelike Hades. Uh, I thought it was going to be something to do with either God of War or Hades. That makes oh, sense. Oh, the God of War's not, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Zagreus. Uh... I would have known it sans the... Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you would know. It's a big part of why um, in Hades, the game, it's a big part of why Dionysus is always, is, is just the friendliest with Zagreus because there's the, there's the tradition of Zagreus being interlinked with Dionysus over the years, but that's two for two on questions I wrote for Joey that he's now <laughs> got. But yeah, uh, so Zagreus. Fucking... <laughs> All right. Yeah, I can't guarantee that won't happen again because I have no idea what on the quiz you wrote that Joey saw. So. Honestly, if it, if the third one is the one I wrote, I won't be sad. It'll just be a great. It'll be an introduction to roguelikes for the people listening. And I fan- <laughs> I knew them in the other quiz as well, so I gained no yeah. benefit oh, yeah, you did. by the fact that I heard them. There. No, you absolutely <laughs> did. That is fair. All right. So, of course, with a quiz written by me, you're not going to escape questions about Pretty Little Liars. So, from <laughs> Ronnie and Andrew, still from Joey. A painting highlighted in Season 5, Episode 3 of Pretty Little Liars drew much fan speculation after producer Joseph Doherty tweeted a picture of that painting with the clue, It's not just art, it's a movie reference. Although it is unclear whether he was referring to the 1945 Val Luton-produced horror film that shares his name with this painting, or to Luton's earlier film, I Walk with a Zombie. In any event, name this painting, whose original artist created at least five different versions of it, one of which was once purchased by Adolf Hitler, and also produced an 1888 painting specifically designed to be its opposite. Okay, let me, I want to see the chat because I want to get that... Uh... 1880. Opposite. Now, I'm trying to think if this is... Oh. The, um, I'm trying to think if this is the scream. I feel like Monk did some things that were kind of like... Mm. Uh, like yeah. effectively negatives i don't know if i'm like, making that up or the scream obviously makes sense for a horror film um, i mean i think you're right that the scream was the scream was either one of many 
one of multiples produced. I know it was part of a thing that uh, was it Tableau of a Life or Freeze of a Life? It's Free Freeze of Life. That's Freeze yeah, that was he's one of the latter ones in that series. Um, the thing is, when I saw diff- when I saw the artist um, uh, produce multiple different versions, I had a thought that it might be Napoleon crossing the Alps. The 18, no, hang on, eighteen eighty eight doesn't make sense with David. Oh, he, oh, yeah, he was, he was, he died in, uh, he died eighteen twenty. Yeah, but also saying that it does say specifically designed to be its opposite, but not that it was David necessarily doing it. Although, then again, what would? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Uh, it does say. I mean, the original artist oh, no, yeah. produced an eighteen eighty eight painting that's specifically designed to be. Oh, and also produced. Okay, apologies. This, um, um, having said that, though, the scream is later than eighteen eighty eight. Because the freeze of life was uh, towards the turn of the century, and might have even have been just after the turn of the century. Huh. So okay. Once again, I don't have anything better. I'm trying to think what else this could be. So 1888. Okay. So I mean, 1888 is towards the end of uh, Van Gogh's life, and he painted he painted more than just the one sunflowers thing. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And he obviously did lo- he did all sorts of different stuff. I can't, I think sunflowers was towards the end of his life, but maybe a bit earlier. <laughs> could have been what could have been the opposite of sunflowers like that opposite is, is that opposite is kind of styming anything i think of here i'm just also trying to think i walked with a zombie um so that makes what? how uh, does that work is it gonna problem, be two yeah oh actually that's true so so that makes me think it's gonna be two people in the painting it's not a, star, it's a movie reference found produced horror film that shares its name with the shares its name with this painting that's not helpful either Again, there's not a super amount in there. To, there's there's a whole load of good information, but unless I don't know, unless unless we happen to be pretty little liars, super fans like Yogesh, uh, I don't think we're getting anywhere. Um, I think yeah. Give, if you gave me like half an hour to think of this, I might be able to eventually <laughs> hit on something. I think it's gonna be one of these ones. You think of the right answer, and then you suddenly realise how some things make sense. And the screen just doesn't quite fit for various reasons. But oh, I also don't have anything yeah. better, unfortunately. Like yeah, Scream is better than the ones I came out with, and. I mean, like it's not Picasso. What else would Hitler like? That's not a sentence <laughs> I should be fucking saying, is it? Christ, okay. Um, uh, um, why, what, were there any Jim, German paintings that were like? Friedrich? It's a bit late for it's a bit late. For, no, uh, Friedrich died in eighteen forty. Yeah, she it's a bit late for German romanticism, but or at least for Friedrich's hmm. particular school, German yeah, romanticism, and anyone like in the later one, I don't think would be quite famous enough to for this kind of question. Like, I think we should go with the screen, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm happy with I'm ha- happy being a very a word kept doing a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm not happy with it because I'm pretty sure it's wrong, but I just can't think of anything better. So let's say the screen and lock the yeah, screen and pop that screen, in yeah. and let Joey Hoover up the points. <laughs> Joey, ah. tell us how we're wrong. Uh, so I was I I well uh, I when I think of Hitler's favorite painters, I think of two people. There's Karl Spitzweg, who didn't have anything that fit this. But I think Hitler's favorite painting was painted by Spitzweg was Life of a Poet. Do you see my Facebook cover photo? One of many parallels between me and uh, Adolf Hitler, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's no no apt opposite for that. Although the what the other person that came to mind was Arnold Bocklin, who painted the Isle of the Dead, which and I'm fairly certain there are multiple versions of that. And I know that he painted an opposite version, which I guess was called the Isle of Life or something along those lines. Isle of the Dead sounds like a zombie thing. It also sounds like a title of a horror film, and it's the sort of painting that Hitler likes. I will lock in the Isle of the Dead. By Bachman. That is correct. Very good. Nice, nice. Good answer. Well, I was never getting mad. I mean, who knows? I don't think I've heard of that. <laughs> I don't think I've heard. Yeah, of it's quite. It's quite. I think you'll recognise it if you see it. It's sort of like a yeah, scary sort of ish island. It's like a swan. And it's 
picture. Right. That's cool. That's cool. All right. The next one, uh, yeah, it will also the namesake of uh, or inspired Rachmaninoff's I Love the Day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I've heard of that. <laughs> All right. Yes. That and Pretty Little Liars, the two main, main huge things that influenced. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Joey and Roddy now to steal from Andrew. In 2018, Australian author Greg Egan, who once wrote a book called Vacation City, posted on his website a proof for a new upper bound what mathematicians term the minimal superpermutation problem, which is the question of how to calculate the length of the shortest possible string containing all possible permutations of n distinct elements. This prompted mathematics blogger Nathaniel Johnston to reveal that he had found on an internet message board a post solving a problem relevant to that board's readership that, if its methods checked out, could very easily be adapted into a proof for a new lower bound on the minimal superpermutation problem. That proof was soon formalized and published with an anonymous internet poster listed as the first author. So here's the question. What, broadly speaking, was the topic of the internet forum? Okay, yes. okay hang on a second. It's Adam. Okay. <laughs> is, this, is this 4chan? Well, it's anime. It's specifically the anime 4chan, I'm pretty sure. Oh, God. I've read Permutation City, so I was hoping I it was going to be... I just want to see this in chatter. But yeah, like, I was really, I was really concerned this was going to be something I didn't remember. <laughs> like, what was the anime that it was from? But I'm fairly certain that this is the anime maths guy. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll put it in chat just to see. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to have a look at it. Um, okay. Was the topic of Permutation City is a real. Yeah, I mean, anime. What, what's um, anonymous? I don't remember which, but it's, I mean, like, it's, it's like a body swapping well, thing. Maybe. No, the body swapping thing. I mean, if it's body, if it's hang on a second, do you think body swapping? No, no, no I was thinking it with a different mathematician. Math yeah, that because that's that's Futurama rather than specifically anime. Uh, no, if this, it's, this is anime. Yeah, anime. if it's anonymous, then that does make a shitload of sense for four. Uh, it makes a lot of sense for four chan. I'm Some fine. Yeah, maybe with anime. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, so, you, so... Think, you seem to really know it. So. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think. I, I apologize to you, Andrew and Roddy for having similar interests. <laughs> <laughs> At least you get to get the points as well when, when we're on a team. Correct. Uh, <laughs> I don't get the points. I never get the points. Uh, uh, the key, the key insight is that it's essentially the same problem as how long does it take to watch all the episodes of a TV series in every possible order. So, so I would have accepted anything TV related, really. But yes, I mean you are correct. It was anime specifically, and the uh, the first author on that paper is anonymous 4chan poster. <laughs> I have heard of this, but I did I did I don't I vaguely know the name of the book. But is any is any good, Jerry? Can you recommend? It's really good. It's really good. Yeah, if you yeah. very mathy sci-fi, but yeah. It, yeah, it overcomes the primary problem of being Australian very well. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's uh, that's another demographic we're going to be banned from after that comment. Well, he already explained his similarity with Hitler, so you know. <laughs> okay, so I mean, so... to be fair, I think that Walter Benjamin was also a big fan of the Schwitzweg. There's a, definitely a Benjamin essay on Schwitzweg. Uh, <laughs> so. We seem to have temporarily lost Ronnie. Yeah, for some reason it periodically kicks me out. I mean, mostly ah. probably because of all the talk of Hitler, I imagine, but. <laughs> But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure Walter Benjamin was a big fan of it, but, you know, not when he saw it mechanically reproduced. No. Yes. Hmm. Okay. That's why Walter Benjamin was opposed to flashcards. <laughs> so, Andrew, if I were to ask you as a bonus which anime series it was specifically about, you know, No, I don't know this, unfortunately. It's going to be one of the obscure ones, uh, which I can't even guess at. No. <laughs> 
Say so, Naruto with zero confidence. Okay. So, so if I asked just for the name of the, not the title, but the main character, and added that it's a super-powered schoolgirl who first appeared in a series of light novels by Naguru Tanigawa. That doesn't narrow it down for anime. Sailor Moon? <laughs> I was going to say Sailor Moon, but I don't have anything better. <laughs> so the series was called The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Oh! oh uh, came ah. up on the Only Connect forum, I think, or somewhere <laughs> today. Like what, oh, in, yeah. in, on Facebook, or is there another Only Connect form I don't know about? Yeah, I think maybe somewhere else. I definitely saw that mentioned somewhere. I don't really follow, I don't follow any anime, so it's rare that I hear of any kind of anime that is a death note, basically. follow so. Only Connect, <laughs> and that's the way to do it. Yeah. Okay, so now, Joey and Andrew are still from Ronnie. Yeah, okay. yeah. Please, God, please God let this weave on that Joey doesn't instantly know. <laughs> It is raining, he said, without lifting his head. You have been out then, I said quickly. No, but I see that your umbrella is wet and your overcoat has drops of water on it. I sat aghast at his penetration. After a pause, he said carelessly, as if dismissing the subject, Besides, I hear the rain on the window. Listen. I listened. I could scarcely credit my ears, but there was a soft pattering of drops on the panes. It was evident there was no deceiving this man. What I just read is an excerpt from quite possibly the funniest parody of Sherlock Holmes, and I've read several of them, uh, called Stolen Cigar Case, which was penned by what master of the short story who died in England in 1902 and thus never had to face Shawn Michaels at Montreal's Molson Centre in 1997. Oh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Oh, I think no. Bret Hart is the name of a wrestler. And I think Bret Hart is also the name of someone yes. in literature. Yes, Bret Hart with an E. He is a Bret Hart. That Bret Hart is American and lived through the Civil War. But he may have died in England. Like, that might be part of the... I'm scrolling up. I mean, there was 100% the the, the Hart brothers, Owen Hart and Bret Hart. Owen Hart is the one who died. I saw this discussion on, like, on some Facebook quiz page the other day. where Possibly it was Ronnie posting saying that Uh, he was the Bret Hart of quiz. No, no, no. Oh, yes, yes. And then Matt Jackson, yes, is on the OQR. No, no. I'll I'll, I'll give some better context for this. This was talking about... It was before the WQC results were fixed down. And if remember right victoria gross said that steve bannerman referred to her That's as it. the bret hart of quiz at which point some that may actually have been yogish himself uh, suggested something about the bret hart with an e and i was mad god i'm so sad that that, that was picked up on okay. i did I, I did know i did know bret hart was a thing before that post but i definitely saw this post the the, the actual well anyway we're gonna we're, get, we're gonna lock in bret hart we yeah. i think we <laughs> let's sorry. lock in bret hart <laughs> yes that was where you were going oh. yeah i think roddy kind of uh you know i'm not i'm not i'm not messing around oh, oh no i'm, I'm trying to this it sounds really familiar. I've definitely seen that somewhere. I feel like I've seen an acted out version of that. It sounds so... It's I've seen it or heard it or something oh. somewhere, but I don't know where. Anyway, I'll look at that later. Yeah, yeah the, the text it, is coming But yeah, I, I refer to the author in, in quizzing context as, to differentiate them as Brett, not the hitman heart. <laughs> <laughs> not the best there was, not the best there is, and certainly not the best there ever will be. Oh, God. Uh, well, hey, I need something. There we go. I don't just hit the post. Sometimes I occasionally <laughs> tap in a goal. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ronnie and Andrew now to steal from Joey. Contrasted with The Beautiful in both a 1756 treaty by Edmund Burke and a 1764 book by Immanuel Kant and identified by Arthur Schopenhauer with turbulent nature, what literally awe-inspiring aesthetic quality saw a revival of interest during the postmodern era thanks to French philosopher Jean-Francois Lyotard? I think I know, but I just want to get the... Oh, when you say yeah. it all I, I think this is sublime. Yes, yes, it is definitely it, that. It's the word yeah. that keeps coming up, but Burke in particular is what it... 
I'm not sure what the camp one is, but I think, yeah, Burke is the sublime. The I've, I've heard in connection with Schopenhauer somewhere as well. Yeah. This is something I always kind of, my philosophy knowledge is seriously lacking. But yeah, the sublime would be beautiful. It's also, also, hang on, what literally, literally all inspire it? Like, what does sublime actually mean? Like, what, does that I mean, work probably literally that, I guess. I think it's. Uh, I don't think we should talk ourselves out of it. I think it's good to be this. I don't is, think we know anything more, really. Yeah. Okay, well, um, yeah, uh, locking in and hoping it's right so I can steal some points from people on their categories. Uh, sublime. Uh, yeah, I resisted the temptation to put in something about practicing Santeria. <laughs> that definitely would have cut because of it. I don't got no uh, Joey, the first right. examination of the Sublime is a first-century AD work attributed to an otherwise unknown author with what name? In Christian tradition, this name is applied to a different person, the Roman soldier who pierced Jesus' side with the lance of the crucifixion. I don't need my Neon Genesis Evangelion knowledge <laughs> to answer this question, but as always, it helps. I believe this is Longinus. Yeah, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but yeah, I've not. never heard it pronounced. I've never heard it said out loud, so I always wonder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I guess they <laughs> do say it. In, yeah, they do say it in Neon Genesis, but I actually don't remember right. how they say it. <laughs> <laughs> but that would also just be the Japanese pronunciation, which I don't know would help us in this situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, somehow we make questions out of even though none of you questions. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And given that that's one of three animes I've ever watched, so handy. <laughs> Maybe we all secretly put anime as a specialist subject. I'm really hoping there. for a Death Note question. I might get one of those. That's the other three anime. The other three anime. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies uh, that we seem to have consumed the same media. <laughs> <laughs> we literally have. We have too many overlapping interests. Because <laughs> I deliberately didn't pick Gilmore Girls for this podcast because you were coming on it and also... Yeah, pick a show that I've watched it more times. British <laughs> yeah. people have a very odd idea of what British quizzing is like. They're going to think we just all watch the same things and there's complete homogeneity. <laughs> well, they've just picked the wrong homogeneous subsection. <laughs> 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 subsection. We, we'll get you some other qu other British quizzes with different interests. Hope you like writing questions about real ale. <laughs> <laughs> just assume you're all a monolith, you know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the UK quiz hive mind. Right, uh, Joey and Ronnie now to steal from Andrew. A rock ridge formed by glacial erosion. An outward-facing corner or edge formed when two planes of rock intersect at an acute angle. The mother of Nausicaa in the Odyssey. A virtue attributed by Homer to Penelope in the Odyssey. What word can be all of these things? Okay, let's, let's see that chat. I mean, it can't, I, I know Penelope was obviously was very ancient or loyal. Yeah. yeah. Who's the Oh, who's the mother of Nausicaa? Oh, you know what it is? I think it's Suck. Or like Circe. Because um, like a Suck is a thing, like C-I-R-Q-U-N-E in the context of uh, oh, in the context no, of the And then Circe might be the mother of Nausicaa. And like, so it might be a... It, might be. Okay. How does that tie in with virtues, though? Well, it could be a Greek word that is some sort of... She, that, yeah, well, it's attributed by yeah. Homer rather than by, uh, you know, Emma Wilson in translation. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I think that because not, not, isn't it, but maybe Nausicaa is not the daughter of Circe. But like, isn't that like there's because what are the glacial things? There's like Sarx, there's Serax, there's Moraines, there's oh Serax. But I don't. But none of these uh, other. Like, if 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 we're talking, if we're asking for one word, I feel like it's going to be one word that fits all of them. Like rather than Serac and Circ and Cer Although now I say that, that's kind of a lateral thinking in that. Yeah, because I think there's like I think it's like Circe and like I don't know. I, like, 
I think there is a, like a thing Sark in relation to Tate. What, what was what was of in, in the Odyssey? What was her deal? I'm trying to remember. Okay, if you don't know, uh, that, I'm completely... Because I've been I've read the Odyssey mice that I'm crap on in general, but... uh. Well, isn't there the? Have you seen the? There's like a Studio Ghibli about Nausicaa. That might have <laughs> to, for, um, to, to, to the anime knowledge. Another anime I've actually seen. <laughs> there was Ponyo earlier, but that one didn't help me. Um, um, I don't well, know. I feel like well, there's something Sarah and Starcy, and they could be maybe, Yeah, there might be a word that there might be a word that translates as loyalty or fidelity in Greek as a circle, something yeah. similar. Uh, I yeah, it's as good an answer as anything. And I'm hoping Andrew doesn't know it if it's wrong. So, yeah, let's lock in Cirque, Circe, 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 some mangling. Yes, Cirque. All right. Yeah, I, I, again, the, the that entire family of response is not correct. So Okay, I was kind of hoping they were going to be right, because I actually have an idea. For, basically, I have what I think is a good idea for the first two, but the second two are just no sense at all in my head. So there's something in glaciation, which is also a term used in climbing, which Joey will obviously definitely know, which is a ret. So an arete in climbing is definitely something in terms of glaciers as well. It I don't understand how that could possibly make sense in terms of a virtue or as in a Greek character, but it's all I've got, unfortunately. So I am going to say arete and lock That's that in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if I were yeah. to get arete, yeah. the ancient Greeks would say arete. Uh, what, uh, okay. what is that? It's what is like it? What actually virtue, is it? Isn't it? It's is it, what? It's just gen- virtue generally, isn't it? Like hard. Yeah. It's, it's wow. I was, I was, yeah. Oh god. I think if you, I think if you would hit, if you had thought of Arette at some point, if you thought about the climbing part, yeah. I think Joey was gonna get it. And I was just like, Please. yeah. The two, I didn't should have thought about what you do in a corner more often, or what a corner is more often. Well, yeah. I was trying to make out it's going to be like, like the opposite of an Arette at first, but then I realised it means the other one. So that's um, fine. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Arette should have thought of that. That's really like difficult to translate because it, it basically does mean virtue but it's kind of the virtue of having virtue yeah right okay that's a good one to know all right joey and andrew to steal from ronnie so uh the, the yogish connect event that was supposed to happen either at uh, hopefully at both trivia con and trivia nationals this year both of those events were canceled so it's not it didn't happen at either one but now you will get a yogish connect question which i mean it only connect style question uh, <laughs> oh no Okay. This is only connect champion Joey Goldman to the rescue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, then we had Hugh Binney who actually carried the team. But <laughs> George, you're not going to shout George out. I mean, George is very good too, but he will also agree that Hugh Binney carried the team. <laughs> uh, so name any show that completes this four-part sequence. I'll give you the first three parts, and you do the fourth. So, first, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Second, Parks and Recreation. Third, King of the Hill. And fill in any show that could go forth. Is this part of that's that guy who made all these shows? Mike right? Judge. Like, no, no. Isn't it? Is it Mike Judge? Is it not Shah? Oh, is it? Like, I always get Mike Judge. Shah? I don't think I it's Mike, get... Mike Judge is Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, I always get him and the person who did King of the Hill mixed up. That's why I said that. Because, because, I, don't, I didn't so. know that this guy did King of the Hill, but I'm pretty sure that B99 and Parks and Rec are Mike Shah or something. But I don't. What else did he do? Did he do the American Office? It's not gonna, time frame doesn't make sense because King of the Hill started what late nineties, early two thousands, didn't yeah. it? And American Office started well, obviously the British Office well, started. You know. Right, I guess this is going backwards. Oh, so maybe, oh, so maybe it is Mike Judge and then Beavis and Butthead because that is all potentially older than. King I don't of think Hill. Mike Judge is involved with Brooklyn Nine Nine, but I, I don't it's, definitely don't think he's involved with Parks and Rec. Okay, so then if it's but, if it's the Shah guy, what did he do? <laughs> well, when, did he do? 
I can't get straight in my head with Ren and Stimpy. Who did Ren and Stimpy? I don't know. I mean, it could be. I mean, it's, it's I think like, it's going to be one of these. Two. enough to be Mike Judge, but like, it's possibly also Sha. <laughs> also, don't know if I'm saying this guy's name correctly, but I'm pretty sure it's this guy. Okay. Because <laughs> so I remember that he... it was Mike Judge. Yeah. Okay. If you it, it, it it's just Michael Sure, Yeah, I think that's. I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, who did Celebrity Deathmatch? This was in the same. Oh, yeah, I've thought about that for a while. Yeah, no, it's been like <laughs> probably since like year eight or something. Um, uh, I I would go for I would go for what, what do you reckon basically? I would if it were me, I'd go for Beavis and Butthead or Ren and Stimpy uh, or something. But I just don't I don't really know. Let's go Ren and let's go Ren and Stimpy then. I guess. I don't know. Oh, just because I oh let, I mean if yeah, we don't, yeah, I mean, you judge. Let's not do that. Mike judge is what Peter Ecuador, right? Uh, sorry. Mike Judge, I'm pretty sure, was born in Quito in Ecuador. That's just a, a fun fact. <laughs> oh, that, that is a fun fact. He was born in Guayaquil, actually. Oh, Guayaquil. Uh, okay. Yeah. Hit the post. But yeah. um, let's go Red and Stimpy. I'm happy with okay. that. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I've got nothing better. Uh, Red and we'll Stimpy. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Stimpy. All right, Ronnie? I'm so sorry. I'm pretty sure it is Beavis and Butthead, because I think... If I've got this right, Mike Sure was one of the two who did Brooklyn Nine Nine. Mike Sure did Parks and Recreation with I think the guy's name it's it's Daniels. I think it's Greg Daniels, who I'm pretty sure did King of the Hill with Mike Judge, and Mike Judge did Beavis and Butthead. Okay. And I'm pretty sure that's uh, I'm gonna say Beavis and Butthead, and with with all the sorrow in my heart for Andrew because my God. Um, <laughs> I blame Joey for this one. Yeah, no, no, I didn't blame. I'm sorry. I should have. My my fist. I was no, biting my, my fist, praying that you'd go with Ren and Stimpy in the end because you were so close the whole way. I just uh, sure. I cried. That's a bit, yeah, more more comfortably. Well, let's let's wait for Yogesh to rule it. But I think he's good. Yogesh. So yeah, I mean, Ronnie had the right logic. It's a chain of creators interlocking. So anything Mike Judge had a hand in creating would have been acceptable. See, I would have idi- said idiocracy. Yeah. Was that hit? Yeah. Well, I mean, that uh, wasn't... That was 2005, so that's a bit later, but... Yeah. I mean, I, I would have said Silicon Valley. That's the TV series I think of first with him, but he was in Butthead, he did create as well, so that worked, sure. Yogesh so has said that we're not allowed to say the F word in this podcast, so I'm just let me mute for a second. <laughs> for listeners, at this point, Andrew muted and said some word that looked like it began with F. I think it was fun. Cool. We're good. All right. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> it was my fault. I should have actually just backed myself on that. that yeah. bad. I'll post oh, you well. some cliff bars as apology. Please <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> do. Make sure the vegan friendly ones. Uh, okay. <laughs> Ronnie and Andrew now to steal from Joey. In 1974, the Nobel Prize in Literature was given to Harry Martinson and Ivan Johnson, both members of the Swedish Academy. The resulting conflict of interest controversy has sometimes been blamed for Martinson's suicide a few years later. But there's another reason that Martinson's prize stands out. His most enduring work, the poetry cycle Aniara, has what characteristic that it shares with virtually no other works that are the most famous by a Nobel Literature Laureate? Note that some of Doris Lessing's moderately well-known works have this characteristic, but not The Grass is Singing or The Golden Notebook. Okay. Ooh, okay. Aniara. Grass is Singing and The Golden Notebook. The only other one that I remember offhand was the... uh... What is it? The Good Terrorist. Okay. I don't. I don't know enough about Lessing. I know those two works, but that is. Like, it. I think she's done some. She's done some stuff that's kind of black comedies and dystopians, but I don't know. Would that make dystopians? Would Would that make sense with? Are there any other Nobel lit laureates who write dystopians? Like Sinclair Lewis. Sinclair Lewis had um 
hang on. Main, the jungle or main street? I always get Upton Sinclair and Sinclair Lewis mixed up. I think Sinclair is the jungle. Um, okay, Alan, Sinclair Lewis was main street. Yeah, I, the one I was thinking of was, hang on, wait, was he It Can't Happen Here? That might be, Which actually. I guess, I, guess that's, I guess that's satirical more than dystopian, but... Um, mm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure satirical would be enough. I think there would be other. I would have that, thought there would yeah, be. Yeah, no, it's satire, no dystopia, yeah, but again, that's not really. It's also po- like, mm, like poetry cycle as well. Is it something to I, do with, like, is, well, I guess I was going to say autobiographical, but there's no, that can't be right. I don't think um, so. I was thinking along the lines of like something Ulipo related, like something uh, like lipogrammatic, maybe. I don't know I that either of the people members of the Ulipo. So, no, like, uh, George Perec and the La Dispiration is obviously the most famous one. Like, avoid yeah, the most famous The thing is, after, when I, I went looking up for some Ulipo stuff after it turned up in Mim as well. This is where we plug Mim as well, by the way. Um, <laughs> the absolutely excellent quiz league. But um, I did look it up and I didn't see I didn't see Martinson and I didn't see Lessing anywhere. And I did go through a bit of a dive on Lessing because I realised I didn't know anything by her and none of that sounds familiar. That's true. Um, um, like the, the 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 one that's not mentioned there is the Good Terrorist, which was this black comedy, might have been dystopian, might have been satirical, but black comedy. And I, comedy does not seem like something that's covered a lot in Nobel yeah, laureates. So maybe the poetry cycle, poetry cycle, comedic poetry cycle. I I am willing to go that I basically just don't like the only thought I had might be Ulipo, but as you said, like the names don't ring a huge bell for me no. in terms of that specific group, and I wouldn't be able to I wouldn't be able to zone in on any particular lipogrammatic lipo- things anyway. So I'm I'm happy to go with black comedy uh, or yeah, just comedy. I just say yeah, let yeah let's, let's lock in let's lock in comedy. Lock in comedy. That is that's what we're going for. All right, I think yeah I think oh Dario Fo and George Bernard Shaw come to mind. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> those yeah, two guys. Sure. Those on two unknowns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joey. Yeah. So I think they're right to dismiss Ulipo because I, I noted noticed recently that I think I think I want to say his name was Letelier became the first Ulipo author to win Prix Goncourt. And if no, none of them had won Prix Goncourt. Probably none of them won the Nobel Prize. But I'm pretty sure, based on the Lessing clear and based on that, what specifically it could be that's sort of going to be unique among Nobel laureates is going to be children's literature. Because I think she wrote a book literally called like the children's book or something along those lines. And I can imagine some Swedish academician writing a child's poetry cycle. So I'll go with children's fiction, children's literature. All right. Yeah, I, think I had a, a question in, I think, episode six about the only Nobel laureate to be nominated for the Newbery Medal. And there was, I think a lot of them have written some children, I know, Rushdie definitely wrote children's fiction, for instance. I don't know if it was a... I don't think it's been the best-known work of any, though. Yeah, maybe Maeterlinc, but not not really. Um, well, I mean, uh, Bertrand Russell's uh, History of Philosophy is for children. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely associate... Uh, when I think of mid-century uh, British children's authors, it's definitely for... <laughs> <laughs> this is how the young Joey was raised with that on his bedside. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, yeah, so uh, again, this is a case where you uh, you said the correct answer. Um, right answer again. Answer, oh. Accepted, at least. Um, I was looking more generally for science fiction, but a dystopian science oh. fiction subset of oh, that. Bollocks. Ah, okay. Sorry, Rory. <laughs> no, don't, don't apologize. I wasn't okay. wedded to it either. Ah. I think it's my curse, personally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right. I think really the only two, that's... I can, I can kind of see it, but I'm just surprised when I hear it. 
Yeah, I mean, some, I, I googled a few lists. Some of them listed like Garcia Marquez, but I think he's yeah, no, I would nah, no, not definitely sci-fi. The tr- like, what, what, what is yeah, I guess like what is the Martinson poetry cycle all about? Like a spaceship that's it going through space. Oh. Uh, yeah, like the remnants of, of human civilization are on a spaceship and ah. traveling to a distant planet. And Proper cool. sci-fi, gotcha. All right. Uh, Joey and Ronnie now to steal from Andrew. Uh, and this is, I think, the last question of this round, so there'll be one more after this. Uh, one more round with higher difficulty. Um, really gets tough. The sixth episode of Black Books features Manny briefly speaking on the phone to a woman named Twist, which fans have interpreted as confirmation that the show takes place in the same fictional universe as which other sitcom? Oh, God, that's 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 just space, though, isn't it? That makes sense to me. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry if this is the case, but, I mean, if there's... Hang on, there's nothing else There's nothing else in the question, and Twist isn't spaced, and it features all the same bloody people. It's... Yeah, I mean, that, it makes sense to me. It's, I've seen, like, yeah. one episode spaced and didn't really... Well, Twist is, Twist is Daisy's friend, um... Like, I'm not going to say anything else because I will talk myself out of it. Let's say space. I think it makes sense to me. I think I've heard that like rings a bell as the black yeah. space. Because I think that's the reason that I watched one episode of space. Yeah. <laughs> well, like pretty much everybody who was in space turned up in black books at some point and probably vice versa. We're locking yeah, in. Lock, lock in. Lock in. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I would have. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, this makes up. This makes up for the ones you nick from me with all your knowledge. I'm not sorry anymore. All the ones. <laughs> all oh, one of them. Wet hearts. Wet hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. All right. I don't, I'm, I don't know why I'm targeting you, but Joey was there for all of it as well. <laughs> all right. So uh, I'll finish that with a bonus for Andrew. So, speaking of women in the Black Books universe, in the first episode of season three, Bernard, or Bernard uh, dates a woman played yeah. by Nina Conti, daughter of Oscar nominated thespian Tom Conti. Nina Conti is today known as one of the most successful performers of what type? In 1964, <laughs> Avanda K. Van Dyke became the first woman to be crowned Miss America after demonstrating a talent for this sort of performance. I think this is ventriloquism. Yeah. So I'm going to say ventriloquism. All right. I, yeah, I know the name of Conti for that. Yeah, she played. What did you say? First episode of season three? What, three. Was it? I don't think she was in. It wasn't. I think it was season. It wasn't the first episode anyway. But um, yeah, I know the. I know the. I know the role she plays. But um, yeah. Anyway, she's a ventriloquist. I'm pretty sure. So I love that. Yeah. Joey confidently sticking out a fist there. Yeah. Deep ventriloquism knowledge. <laughs> it's better than knowledge of Jeff Dunham. <laughs> Alright, so at the end of that round, I think it's 20.2, Ronnie, 30.1, Joey, 17.0. And How many for me? 17.0. Oh, not terrible. Okay, nice. I'll take what's, the, what's, the, what's the record score anyone's got on here? I don't know that we're going to get to it. But what's the, what's it. the lowest score anyone's got? <laughs> 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 Yeah, the lowest score is probably in the single digits. The highest ones were definitely over 60. <laughs> okay, now now can we just throw this to get Joey that score? Is there enough points in the round? Let's find out. Future Yogesh here. I made an error at some point. The score at the end of round two was actually Joey 27.1 and Andrew 20.0. In other words, I accidentally gave three of Andrew's points to Joey, and with the scores corrected, Andrew was only 0.2 points out of second place. All right, uh, so now six points for a steal, five for a specialist, three for a bonus. Joey and Andrew to steal from Ronnie. Okay. Okay. See if we can do the thud (laughs) Random environment generation, permadeath, turn-based, non-modal, complexity, resource management, 
hack and slash and exploration and discovery are the eight key elements of roguelike games according to an interpretation developed at the International Roguelike Development Conference 2008 and named for what city where that conference took place. Oh, wow. <laughs> this so does seem hard. They, where would they... Um, so I'm guessing it'll be somewhere where they have a lot of roguelike devs. I mean, where? so before we go see my first thought is that it would be pretty funny if this were another Copenhagen interpretation. Oh, yes, no, it's <laughs> No, it's definitely going to be it's going to be Copenhagen, definitely. Just that's exactly what Yogesh would do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, are, do are, I mean, are there? I mean, they're plausibly are Norwegian or Dan, sorry, Danish. Uh, that's definitely like, plausible. I, really to me. I was th- like, I was thinking Scandi. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gone for Copenhagen, but yeah, when you said that, I didn't notice. Yeah, it's it's in scare quotes as there. Yeah. Put it. I mean, because like, we're not going to be able to put this together through like real knowledge. I feel like there's a lot. There must it's be a lot of right. like developers in San Francisco, I guess. But that's like oh, not that's specific a... to roguelikes. That's just video games, I guess. Uh, I I really like Copenhagen. Yeah. Okay. We'll go Copenhagen. All right. Yeah. <laughs> in the later rounds, your intuitions will often get you in the right place. In the later rounds, not so much. So, so that was a good logic there, but uh, I, I did finally find a difficult question about roguelike games that Joey didn't know. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, I, I honestly, I wish that were the answer because that was so visually pleasing. Um, but yeah, so as I, uh, like I mentioned before, Joey wrote a roguelikes quiz on WikiQuiz, and I cried because I forgot about that when I submitted roguelikes as a specialist subject but after I actually took the roguelikes quiz I went on a proper hack away at it deep dive so I knew these things and I, I didn't know about it at the time I don't think but the it's the Berlin interpretation where the conference was held I'm suddenly doubting that but I'm pretty sure Berlin is the is the city it was held in and yeah the, the eight elements are the not all not all roguelikes follow them but quote-unquote pure roguelikes have to kind of have to kind of embrace all of them like you won't find a roguelike without permanent death because that's just that's like the absolute basic building block of the get of the uh, genre but yeah after all that i will say berlin and hope i haven't completely messed this up yeah i, I love that if i went there's something you've known and know about perfectly and then you get asked it in competition and suddenly you're like wait am i remembering totally wrong mm. but in this case you are not remembering it wrong it is berlin <laughs> Very good. <laughs> it, it should no, it should be Copenhagen though. You 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 deserve. I, I like my answer that old Joey. On, on, on aesthetic grounds, you deserve points for that. Yeah. Yeah. What does it feel like to say it's good but it's not right or something? <laughs> <laughs> not what I've got on the card. Yeah. It did seem a little bit yeah. For round yeah. Three. I mean, clearly not going to be round three, but yeah, it's, yeah. We were unlikely to say Berlin anyway. I think. I mean. Yeah. yeah. It would have yeah, one in ten picking a random city. So. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I think if I'd been in your shoes and I've not known it, the whole where do a lot of roguelikes come from is a good starting point. But and and Germany, there's there's probably some devs there, but I, I'm 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 with you. It's always Scandinavia when I think of that because um, Supergiant Games I think are Scandi. Oh, they're American. Oh, they're American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's all the guy. It's uh, Greg Kasavin and uh, Amir Rao. I want to say. Like, Greg Kasavin left, uh, he was the head editor of GameSpot, and then he left it. Oh, was he the one who made Giant Bomb? No, no that no, is, that's, that's uh, uh, Jeff Gustman. It, yeah, it's oh, the guy who, right. the, the 8.8 guy. Yeah, and what's the other guy? The one who died. Something, Ryan Davis, I want to say? Is oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, the Ryan Davis, yeah, it's the Ryan Brad Davis, Schumacher. because in, in Cook, Serve, Delicious, there's a Ryan Davis book yes. as an homage to him. which is, And then which Brad Shoemaker, and Alex Navarro, and Vinnie Caravella. 
Maybe I should have chosen Giant Bomb as a special tactic. Tweet it at them and just say, we're talking you up. Can we have some uh, free stuff, please? <laughs> All right. Ronnie and Andrew now to steal from Joey. Okay. Fill, in, fill in the final word of this statement sewn into the striking red dress worn by Lord to the 2018 Grammys. Wow. Rejoice. Our times are intolerable. Take courage, for the worst is a harbinger of the best. Only dire circumstance can precipitate the overthrow of oppressors. The old and corrupt must be laid to waste before the just can triumph. Contradiction will be heightened. The reckoning will be hastened by the staging of seed disturbances. The apocalypse will blank. I mean... Are you looking for a word or a phrase or... Word. Word. I mean, it's a huge mood. Uh, I'll, I'll say that about it. Um, okay, what is this going to be in relation to, so some sort of work of philosophy? What happened in 2018 that she could, because this feels like a, it feels like a political statement. Or actually, I know, I see what you mean with philosophy. The it, sounds, it sounds like she's directly quoting a, um, yeah, it does, a work of philosophy to me. Or it's, it's potentially a, it's, she's a good philosophy writer like genuine she might be i don't know it's, it's um, a word because uh, i was going to say will something something will not be televised but that won't work no gil's got her don't think like, it's gil's got her the the thing that came to mind when i was read, when, reading it back is maybe the apocalypse will cleanse something along the lines of will sort of scour the older crop must be laid to waste and 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 harbinger and overthrow and cleansing like that that's that's what jumps to mind with there i mean this is again i think going to be another one where you, you there's not going to be a lot to work with if you don't know what's going on immediately right it's not let's let's work from the assumption that it is a work of philosophy do we think it's going to be like um like an ancient greek work like no, I mean that feels like an obviously translation. I was say says feel very verbose for Greek, but that doesn't really make any sense. I, I, if it was going to be anything, it feels like it'd be a sort of you know a, a Germanic Schopenhauer nonsense. But where's Lord, Lord's from New Zealand, isn't she? Yeah. Is there any New Zealand philosophers? I mean, there probably are, but I couldn't name one. <laughs> the list, the list is not long and extensive. Um, <laughs> it might be, but it's like, I, our yeah. list is not long and extensive. The but must be laid to waste before the just can triumph. The apocalypse will. It won't just. Be, it won't just be arrive because that that'd be a real anticlimax. The, the, the apocalypse will, will flood. The apocalypse will grow. Apocalypse will. No, like, uh, is, is the only good. thing that I've, I've got, and it's. It. I don't. Think it fits it's with the theme, I guess. But uh, it's. It, it, it is very. You know, end of days. Whatever mm. it is, cleansing sort of. I don't know. Like, if if you've got anything that you're particularly wedded to, let's go for nah, it. No, let's go with cleanse. Let's do it. Okay. If it's a goalpost, we've already said the answer. I'm just gonna leave the call. I'm just gonna absolutely rage quit. Uh, we're gonna lock it. <laughs> lock in cleanse. All right, Joey. Um, so I'm fairly certain that this is well, based on striking red dress and heighten the contradictions. That sounds a lot like Mao Zedong to me. Uh, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure he had a big character poster about heighten the contradictions and like the language. I mean, that sounds pretty much, but I just can't think what the word, what word, what word do I think when I, I mean, you've got, uh, you've got kill all landlords, but there's no pithy single word answer for that. Ah. Yeah. Uh, how about that one meme with the the woman on the subway subway reading the uh, thing now <laughs> killing all the animals? Yeah, you haven't seen that. <laughs> Just an image of that. No, how, yeah. that. <laughs> is it possible it's not a word but an emoji? 
Yeah, Mal did love emojis, the big character <laughs> posters. <laughs> he wasn't uh, all about the posters. Man, I, much to my chagrin, I cannot, I cannot even think of a plausible word for this. But I mean, so I mean, maybe ugh, I'm gonna go. Is it like flourish? Something like that. So like, I mean, because this culture of this, I don't know, flourish. Because like the hundreds, like the flowering schools of thought period. So I'll, I'll, or something like that. So I go flourish. Like in flourish. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, but. <laughs> Yes, allowing people to wear politically hard items of clothing, one of many ways in which the, uh, without banning them, is one of many ways in which the Grammys are superior to Geek Bowl. <laughs> so, okay. so, so in this case, you all, so you, all, you all had a category confusion here. This was not a philosophy question. This was, I mean, this is the last question I can reveal. Joey's category was visual art. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. so that, <laughs> that does include painting, also sculpture, but it also includes, you know, there's some 20th century visual art and 21st century that's neither painting nor sculpture. Um, one of my favorite artists in that genre wrote the inflammatory essays. Ring a bell? Not oh, me. Uh, no, the inflammatory essays. Uh, Jenny Holzer. Okay, I mean the oh, phrase, okay. the phrase, like when you said it was art, the phrases did sound <laughs> holzery, yeah. but I wouldn't. I still don't know what the what, what the word would be. Yeah, who also wrote truisms, including uh, "romantic love was invented to manipulate women." Which is one but in this case, the Lord was quoting her as saying that the apocalypse will blossom. Oh wow! Oh, okay. so it, 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 it's all post keep moving. I don't like it. <laughs> I like I like the idea. This could be bad. Yeah. To be fair, it does sound that's super. Cool. When you said that, I thought actually, yeah. <laughs> I swear, there's like a Mao heighten the contradictions thing. Yeah, yeah, no, that I see where you were coming from with that. But all right, uh, Joey and Ronnie to steal from Andrew. Okay. In 1993, with the help of Brooke Sandall, the legendary Lynn Hill became both the first woman and the first person of any gender to complete a free ascent of El Capitan via what notoriously difficult route? This route shares its name with the English language title of multiple famous works of literature, including a short story by Ryunosuke Akutagawa, published shortly after Rashomon. <laughs> it's, it's the nose that's i mean akutagawa wrote one and for the point about multiple famous there's also the good call sorry the nose um, but, yeah, so yeah. Just, it's just fine. the nose that's uh, fine you, you, yeah let's go with what joey said and i'll i'll take the points you got the win one and then you uh, didn't know one got the other one and so for this one uh ronnie and joey Got it. Yeah. No, 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 Joey. You picked the Joey question where you, you, yeah, you picked the climbing <laughs> one where Joey was going to know it anyway because the the nose is the most famous way up El Cap probably, and also the Kutagawa work, which I'm pretty sure <laughs> Joey's going to know well as well. Apologies. Which I am surprised myself by also knowing. So you know. Yeah, it's, it's I mean it's much less famous than the other famous short story called the Oh yeah, certainly. Less so than Russian ones. All right, Joey and Andrew now to steal from Ronnie. Okay. Nick Offerman intoned over the title card of Michael Schur's production company, seen and heard at the end of every episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. If you know that, then you are the kind of person who sticks around for closing credits, which means you should also know the name of what production company founded by Brooklyn Nine-Nine's other creator, Dan Gore. Hint, remembering the three-word phrase spoken over his company's title card will help you out a lot. Um, God, I would have heard this so many times after the end of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode. Um, uh, oh yeah, I've got no idea. <laughs> oh, um, something versus Raptor. It's not Boxer versus Raptor. Shit, was it? God, it's so, I'm so close to this. This is annoying. It's definitely, I'm like two thirds annoying. Oh. Monster versus, no. Um, oh God, <laughs> this is torture. 
I mean, yeah. you what me watching you nearly get try and uh, I'm dying here. I'm dying. I don't know about you. Well, what sort of thing? So versus Raptor, you're pretty confident of that. I think so. I think it's just a second guess myself so much. It's definitely like a three-way face like that, and then he goes no, 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 something like that. It isn't helpful. I know. So is it like so? It's another. Is it like another sort of? Is it a thing you would naturally contrast with a raptor? Do you think? I think so. I'm super down myself on the raptor bit now as well. That's not helpful. Um, yeah, I was really hoping uh, this was a Futurama question because I'm pretty sure there's a Fremulon thing in Futurama potentially. Really? Yeah. Uh, that's just an end credits thing as well. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds like it made. It sounds like one of the made-up products they would have at the beginning yeah. of Futurama in the intro scene. Oh, really? Like the, yeah, the billboard. The billboard. I'm probably be watching Futurama for like the eighth time so <laughs> that would have been good yeah oh, this is really i'm gonna have to go with monster versus raptor but i just don't think it's quite it's not quite there and i can't quite i can't work out what's wrong but it's just so annoyingly close uh should we just go with this Joe, yeah, I'm, I've, i mean i've got i've got literally no idea so i'm happy for that <laughs> monster versus raptor and just kick myself yeah. knocked in with that okay not one of those words was right Fuck. Uh, yeah, you. I, I, don't, I don't know what versus Raptor was it. The, I don't know what you're thinking of because that was. What the hell am I thinking? Oh dear, that's no, a oh. um, So the, there was a there was a Brooklyn Nine Nine one day on Learned League, and that actually gave me a fact that I didn't know about this. That uh, Andre Andre Brower or Brower before becoming an actor, I think it was him, uh, was either in or going to medical school because the one at the end is Dangle's. Um, production company is called not a doctor Shh. okay i'm thinking of something different yeah, yeah i remember a, that now. it's a coincidence that that's happened but yeah his is a uh, not a doctor Shh. fremulon and every episode every episode so that's that's that that's locked that's locked in and i'm so sorry um not a doctor yep not a doctor Shh. okay so i i can't give you that because i i said that remembering that phrase will help you a lot but it won't oh okay it's not the it's not equivalent to the name of the company. The company is Doctor Gore Productions. Oh, okay. Mm. Wow, yeah, I'm a complete idiot then. For <laughs> can you do you have with my very unhelpful and untuneful kind of reproduction of whatever this thing is in my uh, head? I googled it while Ronnie was answering because yeah. uh, you it's from it's from it's the end of BoJack Horseman. What is uh, it? Oh, it's yeah. versus Raptor, nee, 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 nee. and it's oh, oh okay, I'm not a complete tool. That's good. Yeah, no, Raphael Waxberg's company. Okay, I, I want to hear was that in my head, like three words. Okay, I feel like much worse of a moron. This is good. Okay. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, I I thought I had it in the bag and talked a lot about it, and then I was wrong. <laughs> the the peakest me thing I could possibly do. Oh my god, I've only I've never paid attention to the screen while it's on because I'm an idiot. I mean, obviously the phrase not a doctor is supposed to go with the name of the company yeah and it's just i i could see there's the little cartoon figure who goes shh and clearly i've just decided <laughs> yeah i don't i don't need to look at the screen when this is going on no, <laughs> that would be no, programs yeah. these days it's all about making vague guesses at it and assuming you're right yeah. oh well that's gonna go on my terrible answers list this is meant to be my bloody specialism imagine if i did that on mastermind twitter would would never let me hear the end of it although that would be the same regardless of what i did 
Hi, this is Future Yogesh. While it is true that Andre Brower initially enrolled at Stanford in a pre-med track before switching to majoring in theater, I want to take this opportunity to note that I made a pretty big mistake in the previous episode when I said that M. Night Shyamalan had a medical education. Although both of his parents are physicians, he himself never formally studied medicine. Hi, Andrew Steele from Joey. One member of this family co-wrote Paul Simon's ill-fated Broadway musical The Cape Man. Another may be best known for his musical The Banjo Man, set during his native island's La Rose or La Rose Festival. Give the surname shared by these twin brothers, both of whom loomed large in their nation's literary scene. Um, okay, oh. let's see that. Remember this. Oh, his native islands, right, okay. Oh, I hate islands as well. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I more sense. Cool. Oh, maybe, maybe, it, maybe it's the Yates's. No, Jack William Butler Yates. That would have been an in- W. B. Yates and uh, Paul Simon would have been a, an interesting. Um, yeah. Twin brothers, like, do, do you recognise anything there? No. So Lamos. Yeah, it's, it feels like Lamos is probably the key for that, but that's not. That doesn't look mm. at all familiar. Okay. Um, oh, I'm struggling with this. Are there any literary twins? I I can't think of basically any like, literary twins. So if we let's think where we're gonna have islands. So the Caribbean. Oh, that's a point. Yeah. Okay. So. So I mean, in terms of like famous people in lit from the Caribbean, there's I can't actually remember his first name, but uh, from Saint Lucia, there's Walcott. Right. Is his first name Derek? Uh, what were you saying? Uh. There's someone called, I think Derek, it's, it's something Walcott or Derek, it might be Derek Walcott. I might be yeah, Derek, Derek Walcott is... That's St. Lucia. Yeah, St. Lucia, help? he might have a twin. Uh, the only other one Caribbean I think of is um, Naipaul, because I think he was from Trinidad. He was Trinidad, or he was from Trinidad and Tobago, I can't remember which of the yeah. two ones, but yeah. Um, I think, does he, he might have British citizenship, but I think he's, he's Trinidadian. Like, one of I'm those, one, island countries, like the Philippines don't really feel right. Japan doesn't make sense for Lawaz. the the language of the so Lawaz La as in like French or Lawaz is sounds like you know I, I I don't even know what language that would be but it if it was a uh... Creole maybe it could just be a Creole like La Rose or Saint Luce is Saint Lucia a French was it French at one point mm, it might be at some point but it's it's I think it's part of the Commonwealth because hmm. um, I, I Trinidad I'm just, I'm th- honestly, I'm thinking back to... Oh, actually, you know what, St. Lucia, like, so the, uh, on the flag of St. Lucia, there's the two peaks, and they're called the, yeah. I think it's called uh, Le Grand Piton and Le Petit Piton, or definitely so one that, of them is called Le Grand Piton, that which makes sense is French. French-speaking, um, yeah, because I'm, I'm going off um, playing Sid Meier's Pirates, and I, uh, Trinidad was, Trinidad was ours, and... I do think St. Lucia was French, and that makes sense with the flags. Right. I'm basically, so it, I don't... We, we're not really going to get this, are we? If we don't, like... Like, St. Lucia, St. Lucia means Walcott. Maybe he had a brother that we just don't know about. Like... Yeah. Does, does Naipaul, England, the Rose Festival... No? No, I mean, I mean, well, Walcott wasn't wasn't going to be most famous for either of these two anyway. V.S. Naipaul definitely wasn't. Walcott, I think, might... Oh god, it's, I, I don't actually know much about Walcott. I think he might be in a playwright. I could be wrong. Walcott, um, Walcott's big thing was uh, his epic poem, which I think is I think it's called Omeros, and that's about that, I don't what, about it. that's what one that's primarily what won him the Nobel. But I yeah I know very little else about him besides where he was and what he won the Nobel for. Should we should we just go for Walcott with very little confidence? Do, do we do we have a better idea? I don't think we do. So, no, let's just yeah let's, fuck it go for it.
That's what Luckin Walcott. Oh wait, wait, wait. What, wait. what exactly is the question asked? Surname. Yeah. Surname. Okay. Surname. So, Luckin Walcott. Luckin Walcott. Yeah. We have locked in Walcott. God save us. I was I was steadily avoiding making eye contact with the camera so not to, to leak anything. But um, yeah, Sir Derek and Roderick Walcott. Wow. No. Really. Oh, amazing. Oh, cool. Which, wait, which one of them did which one of them did which then? So Sir Derek Walcott uh, was involved with the caveman and oh, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> did you know this out? Did you know this outright, Jerry? I uh, I would have said it because I was pretty sure you, that there was a brother, but I didn't know this outright. But yeah, Ooh, it was I, the, I, the value guess. I'd love to actually, you know, not. Well, yeah, I don't know. No, seriously, the Car- I I was not thinking Caribbean. So good, good, uh, good stuff putting us onto that. Yeah, excellent teamwork. Maybe all of the goalposts were just building up to that absolute, <laughs> this absolute fluke. Yeah, I'll take it. Right, that very narrowly puts uh, Ronnie ahead of Joey now. <laughs> what? Oh Christ! Okay. Yeah, but the last question is coming for both of you. Yeah, I know. So, there's, there's just a, yeah, there's this question, and then the final cycle will be after this question. Oh, okay, I see. I so, think uh, I think I get a I think I get a wrestling one, so I'm hoping for something to be really rock hard. All right. Okay. So Joey and Ronnie now to steal from Andrew. The first post pilot, the so basically the first episode of Black Books, sees Manny swallow and then literally absorb the wisdom of a book by. <laughs> By Australian self-help guru Paul Wilson. That book, as well as several others by Wilson, are titled after what concept? Uh, well, I literally mentioned this earlier yeah, in the recording. Did. It is the Little Book of Calm. After which yeah. he very zenly walks out and gets beaten up by some Millwall fans. As I recall. He, and the, the, he the doctor, the doctor who diagnosed him, is played by Martin Freeman. Yes, yes, he is. No, another, another. And the, uh, the, the Millwall bit is one of my, uh, yeah, one of my favorite parts. <laughs> Well, actually, I'll let Yogesh rule on this this uh, cliffhanger, real cliffhanger, <laughs> before I go with my anecdote. But. Yes, that, that is uh, calm. Is yes, uh, correct. I think I think that was clearly what you meant as a concept, unless you thought that book was the concept. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> the concept of literature. I mean, <laughs> <itself. laughs> Not wrong. Um, my my sister Lizzie is like the biggest fan of black books. I know she um she basically single-handedly would like a black book theme quiz somewhere in london and one of the rounds was basically finished the quote and she like oh, one of them was the millwall millwall quote and she just apparently she just immediately was just like yep no every single every <laughs> single word of the uh <laughs> the bit there. Um, yeah so again since joe both joey and ronnie got credit for that ronnie remains slightly more. Mm-hmm. oh okay no pressure going into this final cycle so each of you will get one more specialist question and two more chances to steal mm-hmm. Next question, we'll start with Joey and Andrew Steele from Ronnie. Disclaimer, this question previously appeared in the first episode 20, the first season finale, that has not been released. None of the contestants have been exposed to it or to anyone who was exposed to it, so they have not been exposed to this question at all. I don't normally repeat questions like that, but this is one of my favorite hard questions I've written. So... The rules governing professional wrestling in the UK are known as the Admiral Lord Mount Evans rules and named after Edward Evans, first Baron Mount Evans, who over the course of his life became a full admiral in the Royal Navy, Lord Rector of the University of Aberdeen, a Knight Commander of the Order of the Bath, and eventually a peer in the House of Lords. However, he was only able to do any of those things because of a fateful decision made on January 4th, 1912, when he was about 30 years old. What man made that decision? All right, let's. I'm gonna need to see this video. Yeah, right. 
Right, Ruth Gordon, blah, 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 blah. Only able to do anything. A fateful decision made on January 4th, 1912, when he was 30 years. Right, if I think, when I think early 1912, I immediately think the Titanic. I don't know if that's actually going to come ah. in here. The fact that he mentions Admiral means that yeah. seems plausible. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, no, that doesn't make, that doesn't make sense, because Admiral, you know, the Navy didn't have anything to do with Titanic. Yeah. Um, but maybe the that event um led him to, the, like, sinking of the ship led him to be motivated to pursue a naval career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's possible uh so been, man, wait. well who is making important decisions in 19 <laughs> <laughs> the prime minister at that point was that's good that sounds plausible to me uh <laughs> <laughs> i thought you'd <laughs> i thought no, you'd have my dates are not great it's not lloyd george yet right so i think it's still Asuka. it's definitely not lloyd george yet yeah. um it's still Asuka. uh who was that I mean, oh, wait, wait, wait. First Lord of the Admiral. Oh, that doesn't make sense. When was Churchill fought First Lord of the Admiralty? That would have been, was that post-World War One? Didn't his military sort of standing tend to... Oh, he did Gallipoli. He didn't he do... He, yeah. Among his many atrocities, Gallipoli was... Yeah. Let's not talk about World War Two. There's yeah. other atrocities. Um, uh, ooh, okay. This is basically the only... <laughs> Right, so, I mean, it. but if we pick the Titanic, who do we say? <laughs> Captain, what's the name of the captain? He's, got, he's relatively well known, but I can't yeah. remember his name. The only name I can remember the name of the, the there's like Rostron is the name of the is the captain of the other of the ship that comes and rescues the people. But maybe it's that. Maybe that guy's decision to for him not to die. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, that's not implausible. That's plausible. That's like he didn't die. But then that would well, fourth of January is quite early in the when that's is that when when. Well, I don't know when. So April, is. April, April ninth, I think was the day. <laughs> uh, uh, it was definitely April. Anyway, um, <laughs> I have got no idea. I've got no idea. I've got, yeah, who? The, the captain in the film is played by <laughs> Bernard Hill. <laughs> Should we try that? I think Bernard Hill. <laughs> That's his name. He plays um, Theoden in um, Lord of the Rings. Oh, that guy. Okay, yeah. Um, and he's in um, Wimbledon, which is a terrible film. Don't watch Wimbledon. That's great. It's uh, awful. What's the terrible as a tennis player because that's just so bad. The CGI for tennis is just so bad it really annoyed me. But, um, the name Ward comes into my brain for some reason. I don't think that's right. What? I've got this. I remember getting this wrong in a quiz. There's the, who's the captain? Who's the captain? Uh, yeah, at least it came up in the uh, wiki quiz or something as well. It's yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I cannot remember the name of the captain. So the choice are we could either guess about the name for the captain or say Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's not asking us what the decision was, so I'm happy to just say Churchill then. <laughs> Let's go with that. Churchill. Right. I your generation is... Uh, I guess your generation is too young for boys from the black stuff. You were naming... Uh, I, oh, shit. Okay, yeah. Spider Hill, cool. The boys are yeah, I, I mean, I'm also too young for that, and the wrong country, but I lived in <laughs> here and made a classic British TV. It's boys from Blackstone. Is that is that Liverpool or is it Newcastle? I can't remember. I don't know. I think it's east, so I think it is. My I think it might be Newcastle. It, there's a quite a few, yeah, I should probably know it being from Newcastle, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Right. Uh, I think in the interest of fairness, I have to keep my... I want to reply to multiple things that you've said, but in the interest <laughs> I will keep quiet and pass it to Ronnie. Okay, well, this is... Um, it, it, I heard a lot of what you were saying. It was very interesting. And I'm going to chime in by saying I have absolutely no idea, and I'd only vaguely heard of Admiral Lord Mount Evans once in my life, so I've got absolutely no idea either. Now, you guys said Churchill, so... 
on that basis, I'm going to say that whoever the captain of the Titanic was, because I don't know. I, I've I've got absolutely nothing to contribute here besides the besides the much more sensible things Joey and Andrew came out with. So what was the name, Joey? What was the name you said for the captain? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, the captain of the Titanic locked in. I think it was Hill, if I remember. Uh, Hill. Hill. It was Hill, Hill, Hill. <laughs> yeah, I may as well <laughs> yeah, it's actually surprisingly easy to remember the name of the captain of the Titanic. Sorry, you did, you you locked that in, right? Hill. Was it was it Joe Titanic? Uh, yeah, I locked it in. His name was Captain Smith. Oh, oh. <laughs> that that is not really relevant to the answer, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I mean, 1912 was the year of the Titanic. April, though, what, yeah, it was a month. So, um, yeah. 1912, I'm surprised. Again, you know, the, the first people I asked this to were American. So it was, I'm sure, very difficult for them. I'm kind of surprised you don't all have drilled into your head as, as school children what happened in January 1912. Not something to do with explorers or something, is it? Yeah. One of your national heroes. Oh, yeah. Um, what's the one? I always get national heroes. Wait, Wait, I can't, is it Scott, Scott. or Scott or Shackleton? I was getting mixed up. I, I thought that was 1911, though. Well, I mean, they started out in 1911, yeah. right? Fourth uh, of January is pretty early in the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, this didn't cross my mind, but I just immediately discounted it because I was like, oh, I thought he like died in 1911. Oh, well. oh, Edward Evans. That is just the name of a guy on the on that expedition that I now recognize. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's often, I, it's often easy to confuse because one of the, the members of that Terra Nova expedition who, like all five of them perished, one of them was named Edgar Evans. Oh, okay, that might be the name I'm thinking. Yeah, (laughs) they started off with eight, and so Scott basically chose four to accompany him to the pole and sent three back. One of the three he sent back was not Edgar Evans, it was Edward Evans. Ah. Right, cool. I wish I said it out loud, but I don't think we would. We probably wouldn't have picked it. <laughs> All right. Good and question, though. That's, that's some good facts. Yeah, that's some very good facts. All right. The uh, penultimate question of the game now, Ronnie and Andrew, to steal from Joey. All right, here we go. The central concept of process philosophy, which states that everything is always in a process of becoming something else, can be traced back to the ancient Greek Heraclitus, quoted as saying, you cannot step twice into the same stream. However, process philosophy was basically systemized in the modern era by which thinker's 1929 book, Process and Reality. I mean, if this was more about Heraclitus, I'd have had a better shot, but... It would be nice if the answer to this was Russell after uh, discussion (laughs) about him earlier. But it seems maybe, uh, maybe this is also Smith. So nineteen twenties, late nineteen twenties philosophy makes me think Wittgenstein. But I mean, doesn't seem. The thing is, I don't actually know about any anything about Wittgenstein's philosophy. So um, this, this is assuming it's even um, British as well. Yeah, it could. So hold on, the central. This, I mean, and by the way, since uh, Joey and Ronnie will be on the same side of the final question, this question will essentially be the one that decides. Yeah. Oh, okay, thanks. Well, this is fine. This, this, um, let me delve into my long list of psych of um, not psychologists because that's really not going to help matters. I'm just trying to think. Um, so ones who were around in the late 1920s. I mean, there's obviously absolutely ton of them, but Wittgenstein, Russell, Whitehead, who I, well, I think Whitehead was philosophy. Oh, maybe he was a mathematician. Actually, they did principally. I I think I have heard of him as a maths guy. Same with I think. I think Hardy, he. I think Hardy, he. I think he. Did. It might be. It might be like Hardy, where it's. I think he was both a math, maths and philosophy, but yeah. more math. So. Yeah. Um, Ramsey was. I'm literally just going like this is like the like I don't know. Ramsey was someone who was also straddled the line. I think between. So he helped out. Um, he helped out translating Wittgenstein's Tractatus, whatever it's called. Okay. Um. I don't know. I basically just throw random names out. I have honestly, no idea. honestly, 
Ramsey linked up with Ramsey linked up with Wittgenstein. He's the right time period. Uh, I it, like if it's a name, I'm happy to go with it. <laughs> it's a name. I think yeah. Yeah, it's a no. Uh, let's just let's just go with it. Okay, let's, um, let's let's lock in whoever Ramsey is. Ramsey. Yeah, on the basis that I don't think Yogesh would ask a question in round three about Wittgenstein. Uh, yeah, that, that so is Ramsey. Awesome. We'll just lock in Ramsey and go. Okay. Is it is it possibly Karl Marx this late <laughs> in the game? <laughs> no, Brad, but I don't think Baby, baby's first philosopher. Um, yeah, no, Ramsey's. It's funny, I was actually like writing tomorrow's blog entries early this morning, and I looked through my notes, and I decided instead of just looking at the bottom of my list, I scrolled up in my list, and I saw the name Frank Ramsey, and I googled him, and then I basically, I wrote, so I spent basically much of this morning writing about him. It'll it'll be published tomorrow, but that, that's just an interesting coincidence. Mm. Anyway, I'll pass it to We can't barter mine off something we've never seen before, can we? <laughs> It's a better mine off for me in a way. <laughs> Half better mine off. Anyway, I'll, I'll pass it to Joey. It's just a barter. <laughs> well, I think this is a very apt way for this uh, this match to be decided. Oh no! <laughs> as usual, Andrew He's said dead. the right answer. Oh, <laughs> <my God. laughs> and I'm pretty sure that this is Whitehead. Oh, one of the more. <laughs> when you were talking about oh, Russell at the start, I was like, please don't say Whitehead. <laughs> and then you said Whitehead, and you're like, oh, oh well, he's just a mathematician. So I was oh, like, no. Right, it's awful. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I said, oh, yeah, he's big in maths. Oh, my God. Oh, so I sat there and decided to pick another maths philosopher guy. So that was... Uh, oh, no, that's... I'm pretty oh, sure... He was big in maths, certainly, but um, then after finishing the Principia, he kind of was like, well, I kind of, you know, finished mathematics there, so... He turned out. <laughs> I've been. I've completed maths. That's it. I think it's Kanye and Kim named their uh, first daughter after him, right? North. Yes, yeah. that is exactly what I've heard. Although it, it's very strange, Kanye was always a bigger fan of Schopenhauer. <laughs> it's all, all detailed in the College Dropout. You've really got to listen to it sometime. Please don't look that up, by the way. That's just trust me that it's true. <laughs> oh. All right, and the final question, Joey Nani, to steal from Andrew. Yeah. And this is a, a very meta question to finish the game with. It's the only goalpost. <laughs> One of many Hungarians known as the Martians who made fundamental contributions to STEM fields after emigrating to the U.S. in the first half of the 20th century, George Polia is likely best known today for his brief volume, How to Solve It. In that book, he lays out a four-step procedure for problem-solving that all dedicated quizzers should take to heart. So what, according to Polia, should be the first step in solving a problem? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. How to solve... Okay, what? Uh, is it Google the answer? Why isn't it Google the answer? That's a great idea. Uh, hmm. Ask someone smarter than you. <laughs> uh, Copy off the person next to you. Yeah. Um, Decide what the problem actually is. Mm, pick an uh, easier problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, what what is the kind of thing this is going to be? I mean, it seems it's not. Doesn't seem like it's like a joking. It seems like a serious thing. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. I get. Uh, I was gonna say, figure out what the answer. Fig, figure out what you think the answer is going to be, but that's scientific method, so that doesn't <laughs> really work. I don't think I could just take the heart. Well, I mean, so what was the first thing we did when we <laughs> tried um, to solve the problem? Which was think. Well, that was just think of plausible answers, which is what you've just suggested read, as well. Read, read what Yogesh put in the chat. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the ask someone smarter than you approach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
unexpected that Yogesh got a shout out in the book, but uh, <laughs> this is a really meta question. You're absolutely right. I don't know. Maybe I mean generate a list of plausible of plausible answers. It seems like a good bit, like not an unreasonable first step. Like read read a que read a question, have a gut reaction of what you think the answer is, and work yeah. work yeah. through it. I mean, always there, like try and restate the question in your own words or in different ways. That's like a classic oh. problem solving thing, right? So you may, and then work Cause this, out. Because this is like, yeah, logic puzzles or math, you, or math you said things. A, like... You said something about work out what it's tried to ask. Yeah, like work out, well, what sort of category of question, like what sort of thing yeah. the answer would be. What does it actually ask? Like, like the, like, like your Lord one. Yeah. Wait, um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think we have plausibly said something that is a plausible answer, but yeah, I do not The know. way this game has gone, we have definitely said the answer. It's just working out which one of the things we've said is the answer. Yeah. Andrew has remained stone-faced, so potentially not. Damn. Um, what What do you want to go with? Because this is this. I am asking someone smarter than me. What do you want to go with? Uh, I don't know. Let's go with rephrase the question in your own words, or try and restate the question in, yep. in another way. Let's, let's roll with that. We'll lock that in then. Yogesh. Okay. okay, I guess, I mean, no matter what you said, I would keep quiet about it and pass it to Andrew. Well, that is basically what I would... I don't know this. I don't know this cold at all. That is basically what I do. And if I think about kind of solving a problem, that is the first thing I would do. But as we've seen from my puzzle solving abilities today, I'm probably not the best person to ask. I, mean, I think you've done a pretty good job solving the puzzles. Yeah. Just this, uh, well, just yeah. 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 Mention the answer early on and then ignore it for several minutes. <laughs> Um, right, yeah, so, yeah, if it were me, so obviously, given that I have to give a different answer because you will get the answer if that is the right one, and I think it probably would be, what else could it plausibly be? Kind of imagine yourself, like, visualise yourself in the problem somehow, that would be a kind of... <laughs> First half of the 20th century, that's kind of a very kind of out-of-the-box out of kind of thinking, I don't think. It might not be something that would be done that early, it might be something that's kind of close to modern day. Um, what else could it be? Try and write it in like simple English, I guess. Like explain like M5, like the subreddit, that kind of thing. What was the answer you gave in the end? Like exactly? You Jerry? said restate the question, and so that yeah, that would okay. be basically it's all the same thing, basically. I'll go with like visual. Just like I said, I think I think they're probably right. I can't I can't come up with a better answer, but for a different answer, I'll say visualize yourself. Like visualize being in in the in the problem as it were i'll just go with that and lock it in all right yeah so i um yeah since this was basically asking more for conceptual understanding i do get the concept rather than exact words i think yeah i think i'll, I'll accept joey and ronnie's answer oh okay it's, it's essentially pretty close like the the first step in his his uh, procedure is to understand the problem yeah I think that's I think that's more I think that's fair enough definitely yeah yeah I think that's basically yeah I mean restating it in your own terms is essentially doing that showing that you demonstrating an understanding of what the problem is really is yeah I do this kind of thing like as part of my jobs and oh at least like something kind of related to it as part of my job and it's always the first thing we try to do for that and yeah it's kind of a classical part of classical problem solving. I was wondering if there's something I was missing some sort of trick that is like something really out there but that's a solid answer. All right. So we finished the game on Ronnie 49.2, Joey 53.1, Andrew 23.0. Wow. I think if we look at, uh, well, I think uh, Andrew probably did pretty well on questions where he actually got a chance to answer them. I benefited at least twice from Joey just knowing the answer when I was teamed with him, so I, I, I am flattered. <laughs> I knew you didn't think so. I knew it was a mistake. Yeah.
I think Andrew is going to be. Uh, I think Andrew's going to come out pretty well in the edit because it's going to preserve <laughs> uh, thinking processes, which also count, you know, alongside the answer. Just not points. <laughs> Please don't just edit out all my thinking processes. Just leave in all my shit answers. That would be really upsetting. <laughs> Hi, this is Shutra Yogesh. Because of that mistake I mentioned earlier, the actual final scores were Ronnie 49.2, Joey 50.1, Andrew 26.0. Joey did still win, but his margin of victory was much lower than I originally stated. All right, so uh, before we sign off, you each get a chance to basically make a final statement of anything you want. It can be about the game, about the world at large, about any combination of those things, anything you want to plug, anything... If it's not, as long as it's not too long or offensive, it'll be kept in, and uh, we'll go in, in order of reverse placement, so the, the third place person gets the last chance to speak, so we'll start with Joey. Right. Um, if you enjoy hard questions, then <laughs> you may want to check out the quiz league that I run with Dad Jackson and George Shelson, Mimi as well. I think all my, well, everyone else in the on the podcast today plays in it, and they've all played multiple times, so I think uh, they can all agree that it's not shit, at least. Um, beyond that, congratulations, Ravi, for your World Quiz Championship title. <laughs> all right, uh, Ronnie? <laughs> Yeah, I have played Mim as well. I read, I read for it now. Can confirm it's a really good league, really good questions. In terms of my own stuff, trans rights matter. That's all I'm going to say. Not, be, not being political about it in the slightest, as you can tell. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I don't mind people being political. I said I would take on anything that's offensive. That, that statement is not at all offensive, so you're pretty safe on that. <laughs> all right, and uh, Andrew. Don't play with me as well. It's a terrible league. Don't listen to Joe. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, yeah, I absolutely echo that. Maybe as well is brilliant. It's literally, it's honestly the best quiz competition that's come out of 2020, I think, by a long way. I think it's, yeah, it's brilliant. Everyone should play it. Anyone who's listened to this podcast. I assume if you've listened to a fairly long podcast about quizzing, you probably like quizzing, so definitely sign up if you're not already. That's I've, it. I've not, they really like British accents. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, of course, echo Roddy's sentiments about trans rights. Matter. And that's it. Thanks, thanks Yogesh, for having us on. It's yeah, been really fun. It's been grand. Thank you, Yogesh. Well done, Joey. Congrats. Thanks. Oh. I'm so, I'm sorry my camera's been so shit throughout. I don't know what's happened with it today. It's fine. It's fine. You didn't win, so you probably weren't cheating. <laughs> I, went, I, I went in so confidently on Not a Doctor. I, I'm, I can't believe that. I'm so mad. I really thought I just... For, for a minute when you said, oh, it's you're absolutely wrong, I was like, God, I've just made up this <laughs> mental, like, horrible sounding jingle in my head and said it. Oh, <laughs> thing. I've, I've been what like, oh, I Andrew, Andrew, you got it completely wrong and then got it completely wrong myself. So that's that's all the humiliation I need out of this fucking thing. I'm, just, I'm so glad this BoJack Horseman is actually a show. I've watched yeah. a lot of it. Yeah, that'll be why. Okay. Oh, man. The... Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's a good, good, good question, Joe, guys. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. those. Yeah, really, really tricky. Um, Good, good to use. I like, yeah, I like these kind of, it definitely works well for this kind of format because like individually it's, yeah, it's bloody hard. Even like the ones that are, you know, for my subject area, some of them are bloody hard, but yeah, talking through someone definitely helps. So yeah. Yeah. Second, second. This has been episode five of season two of Recreational Thinking with Yoga Shroud. Thanks for listening.